0: Welcome to episode 231 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. So, welcome along to episode Jeepers. John, wait a second, let me pull this up. It's not very sharp. 231. 231 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsome and Bevan James Owes. How are you going, mate? I'm pretty excited still. You're pretty excited still. It's It's been a big weekend. It was a huge weekend uh, because I went um, to Hairspray, the musical. Oh, great. That was uh, it. I'll tell you what, it was was really, really impressive. They had these LCD screens, so they didn't really have a set, they had like big TVs or big screens. Yeah, and the whole set was like cartoons. So we did, that. did a bit of Shopping John. I went to but the But it titans. wasn't, was not as exciting as. There's the one Hawaii, thing you're talking about this weekend, wasn't there? What happened, John? the am world championships with this weekend. This week's show is pretty much all about that. We've got some interviews happening. John's been a good boy, he's done a lot of work. Uh, he's done. Who've you interviewed, mate? So we had. I uh, got Rachel
1: Joyce on. Got um, a solid uh, uh, very solid um, Dirk Bockel um And had a chat with Albert Boyce from Coffees of Hawaii,
0: and we've also got Sandy on from Extreme Endurance. Good time. So, that's pretty much going to be today's show. So, let's get into it. First of all, news. Oh, no, sponsors. Yeah, back it up. Oh, back it up. <laughs> Coffeesofhawaii.com. Uh, check out Albert because he's just a legend and it would have been on the stage last night F-links.com. Uh check out Andrew because he just sent us a note saying hey good luck boys with the show so oh, no, that, was, that was Troy uh,
2: Troy, Troy. That.
0: and so it begins have a good show boys so thanks Troy and extreme endurance and we're going to have Sandy on the show talking what are you talking
1: about John we're going to talk a little bit about the other products I've got. We sort of bumble our way through it sometimes, but he sort of explains a little bit about what their other products do and then what they've got on offer.
0: Okay, John, so the news is probably brought to you by Xtry. Go on to your Xtry to check out the latest news, reviews, and interviews with the stars. But, John, the first thing I have to say is you need to sharpen up, mate. That was a was poor prediction from you last week. I will Because we got a few emails giving us a bit of crap about Mega, and I'm putting my foot down here, John, because I did say I'm not riding them off. I said if you put him in the pressure moment and he's there, there's a chance he could win it. I didn't write him up. I just didn't I didn't think he was
1: gonna win. I you thought he was gonna go get in well. the top I thought he was gonna get in the top five, but I didn't think he was gonna win. No,
0: John, you S- did not, because I remember looking at your notes from you pull up your notes from last week, John. Yeah, and I only the top three. Yeah, and then you had the other names on the list that you thought would be in the race, and there was no Mecca. No, right. that was the people who I thought was going to win, who I thought potentially could win. Oh,
1: John. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. I thought Mac would do well. I didn't think he'd win, and I stand by that, and I think most other people had written him off as well, but it was just an amazing race. Well,
0: I hadn't written him off. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure that. So let's talk about the race. So first of all, you've got this for free race, so... Uh, obviously, the big news going into the race was uh, the news that Chrissy had pulled out of the race. That was, for the female field, I'm sure, would have perked up a lot of uh, athletes' ears.
1: Y- yes and no. I mean, you know, you, you want to be racing the best, and um, and so, yes, it's, it's sad. And there's lots of rumours going around. I think, I don't know, pe- rumours are always going to happen, but yeah, she's... The rumors are that she, she crumbled under the pressure and she wasn't actually sick. And I don't know, you and I have both met her and interviewed her a couple of times. And she just doesn't seem like that sort of person. And so I think it's pretty insulting for people to go out and,
0: and say that sort of stuff. It's just um, an easy option, isn't it? Like, if, if you've ever met Chrissy, she loves the challenge. You know, like, yeah. and that's, that's the thing you get from her. <laughs> like Mecca, you know, like the, you know, the reason I love Mecca as an athlete is when, when, when Ray Lute pulled up next to him, he would have loved that moment. For him, that's what mm. it's all about. And Chrissy's the same, you know. She's not the kind of person who backs down from a challenge.
1: Yeah, so you know, I'm sure the truth will come out at some stage. But it's it's pretty sad that that's uh, going around, and, and very sad if that is the case. So she was a clear favourite, and um, yeah. But but pre race, you know, I was lucky um, enough that Felicity uh, woke me up at five eighteen after I'd been out till about eleven thirty. So she was my alarm clock. Yes. So got to see. Yeah, um,
0: you got w- to eleven thirty.
1: Oh, I was out partying, mate. We had the Triathlon Club Awards dinner.
0: Oh,
1: nice. And uh, so, yeah, pre-race, it was, uh, it was an earlier start than usual for the, for the pros. And, uh, you know, I was watching the start and they were floating around and it did look like there was a bit more swell than usual out there. Um, and then onto the swim and, it, and they did have quite a few different arrowheads going off the line and, and Potts just ripped it and just killed them all. Yeah, and I um,
0: saw Jacobs couldn't even sail with him.
1: He stayed with them for a little while and then just popped off and he and he got sucked back into the group. And I guess a lot of people think, why the hell does he he go off the front like that? You know, is he, he's wasting all his energy. But the reality is, he's actually swimming at the same intensity as the other guys. He's just a better swimmer than them. Yeah. And um, I don't think he thinks that he'll stay away from them and ride away from them. But I guess he has the luxury, you know, during the first 20 k's of the bike, he can actually just ride at his pace, chill out get into the zone, get his nutrition rolling, where the others, that first 20K, they're generally absolutely drilling it. Um, so I think that's why he does does go off the front, but he ended up actually not having a very good day at all. But, um, I've got I've, Bevan, you're going to have to talk for a second, or can we pause, because I've got my little notes, and I left them downstairs. I'm just going to go run and get them. I'll be back. No,
0: no, I'll, be... I'll talk for a second. You've just really thrown me on the note. Like, you could do a time trial, John. I'm going to time how long it takes you to run downstairs and get the notes. Okay. Ready, Ready. Wait, wait 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 I've got to get my stopwatch started. Wait a second. Okay, what's okay. your prediction? How I think
1: I can do it in seven seconds. Seven
0: seconds? Okay, wait a second. Give me it's gonna take me seven seconds to pull it up. Okay, okay, wait a second, stopwatch on your marks, get set, go. go. Seven <laughs> So so he's, he's got these little stairs in his house as well, so hopefully he doesn't trip over. Okay, that's seven seconds. He had no hope. He's good is he back yet? he's just past ten seconds. Do you want any of your predictions? Not just in people, but I'm back. It was 16 seconds, mate. 16 seconds. That <laughs> was,
1: was a weak effort. So my my notes on the swim that I thought was quite interesting was uh, coming out of the swim, you had um, you had one off the front, so you had uh, pots off the front. Yep. Then you had another two guys sort of that were off the front a little bit. See, I don't and know he- what was happening in the race. I didn't see this part. So who came off second, and third? Oh, I can't remember who who actually was second or third. It was they, they were pretty close to the bunch. But then you had the main bunch of 17 guys. And what what did surprise me a little bit, well, not necessarily surprised, but I thought it was game on, was was Macca had made that group. And that's one of the reasons why I hadn't been picking him is, you know, over the last 12 months, Conan last year, in, in Germany, he hasn't made that group. And when I saw him in that group coming out, I thought, right, he's on for a good day, you know, he set himself up nicely, he's not going to have to chase. Um, well, was it, was also- it was
0: interesting, did you see the interviews after the race, and he was talking to uh, Greg Welch, you know, saying how last year, you know, he had a really great ride last year as well, but he had an uncharacteristic swim, and he was three minutes off the pace in the swim last year, so... Uh, you know, that obviously hurt his race last year because, you know, last year he was in it until the point where he cracked, yeah,
1: basically. Yeah, so. exactly So and he didn't have to chase, so I thought that was, I thought, you know, he was going to have he'd set himself up for a, night, a good day and then just behind that, there was another group of six that came out, which I'm pretty sure merged up to those guys fairly quickly on the bike, but included in that six was Rachel Joyce, which, you know, she had a, a, just an awesome swim, I mean everybody was picking Julie Dibbons to be out of the swim and a few other girls first, and Rachel Joyce was right in there with the the lead, you know, the, the, the main guys, so I was really impressed with that, and the other things that I saw um, in the swim, and, and everybody else will have seen this too, was Mirinda Carfrey had, had an outstanding swim, and she wasn't very far off the pace, as opposed to normally, you know, she's playing a little bit of catch-up, she's not a terrible swimmer, she's, you know, she's not like an Yvonne Van Blurken, who's, you know, over, over the hour mark. Um,
0: wh- wh- who's the girl, um, the time trialist? Um,
1: Karen Thurig, she was little, sixteen yeah wow. but uh, you, you can afford to do that when you ride a 4.48 yeah, so um, imagine if you get that 16 minutes off you get it down to yeah. the get a pretty good time so, the so that that was sort of my um, synopsis of the swim it was uh, times did look a little bit slower than normal um, and I don't know whether that was because of the chop or what um, it, but you could also factor in perhaps a, a minute for a lot of those guys because they weren't allowed to wear the neoprene yep. sort of um, yep. blue 70.03 they did ha- still have a, a, a swimsuit of sorts on but they were Actually, allowed to wear the one that had any near premium, so that will have slowed things down by maybe
0: about a minute or so. So, so the Rasmus Henning leave his swimsuit on accidentally.
1: Well, no, from, from what I've heard, and um, he, he came out of the swim and he just got flustered and um, he couldn't get his swimsuit off. It was, was the first thing. He missed his bag as he was going through the transition. Um, when he got to his bike, like his helmet was on the floor and his glasses were somewhere. So it was just a chain reaction of things. We've seen it happen before to guys yeah. like Macca. Um, it's, when it's not your day, it's just not your day. And, and from I thought I heard somewhere, and I don't know if this is true, that he actually ended up doing the ride in his swimsuit. Um, so I'm not sure if that's true or not, because they're not as thick as as what they used to be. Yeah. So, yeah. So he just he just had a bad luck sort of day, and and um, by the sounds of it, you know, just lots of people picking him and um, to be to be fair he's only done the race once before and, and had a good race but he wasn't in the hunt for the win and maybe just you know, a little bit too much pressure but I think at the end of the day I think it, it'll be a good thing for him, he'll realise that you know you just don't get given the race, you've really got to go over there and uh, and work very very hard for it and I think he'll come back and he'll win the race one
0: day soon Okay so the ride, so they took off on the ride so I probably didn't start watching the coverage until about halfway through the ride so they start coming through right, and when I got on you know, you had a couple guys at the front. I think um, Leota had already taken off, and then you had the, the second pack who had Macker in it, and then like Crowy and, and Brownie that were quite far back.
1: Well, they all were riding together, um, and, and they stayed together for a good hour or so. I went out for a uh, for a run uh, when they're about an hour ish into the ride and they were more or less together. I think that's when Leato had just gone off the front and there was a, the the other guy, um, I think it was Andreas Boucher, he was off the front. I think he got the, the time time X um, but then when I came back an hour later that's when things had started to splinter and you had you know you had Lieta well off the front and Marino was up there with him and uh, and then you had that second group and that was that was a critical part of the race. When that second group got away it had Raylert, it had Macca, it had Stadler, had um, uh, I think Marino was off the front, but it had guys in there that were good, solid runners. runners. Yeah. And normally, you know, you see that pack off and it's it's guys that you go, well, good on them. They're going to get something. They might get somewhere in the top 10, but they're, they're not runners in there and they're going to get run down. So that was a critical move of the race. And guys like Cameron Brown and and um, and Craig Alexander and some of the other good runners just missed that. And um it wasn't an insurmountable lead, but, you know, they came off with a good, you know, four or five minutes or something like that, I think it was, and um, and great great, great for them, and, and great, it just made the race so exciting because you had guys um, spread far and wide, and you had Lieto off the front, and it didn't really look like he was going to have a big enough lead, but they were talking that he might be able to run a 250 or 255, and if he'd done that, he would have been pretty competitive.
0: Yeah.
1: A um, couple of the really interesting things that were, were out there for me was... Um, uh, we're going to talk about Pete Jacobs a little bit later on, but he got a um, either a drafting, drafting or a blocking. Yeah. On, as soon as I came on that's
0: the first thing I saw there's about four mm-hmm. of them um, Farris got a draft
1: anyway. Farris Fer- apparently and we hear this in the interview with Dirk Bockel he got a um, a, a blocking penalty but it ended up just being a stop and go penalty that's why I couldn't understand how Farris had got straight back up to that front group I thought there's no way he could be riding four minutes out of those guys and be in okay. the front so he got one um, Hoffman also got one and Dirk Bockel he, as you'll hear in the interview got a blocking penalty he had to stand there for four minutes and, oh, really? um, and whereas Farris had a stop go so he said it was quite inconsistent one thing that was interesting for me was when you looked at the splits that pack early on so you had fourth place through to 28th place and was 40 seconds covering that that amount of people they were just riding in a straight line but there was you know 20 guys and 24 guys in a line and that was 40 seconds so you know going from the back of that group to the front of that group would take quite some efforts so it was uh it's really interesting to see, and that's see the thing how. I think
0: in those right. situations, you obviously, you know, when it did break up a little bit, you might have hit the crow, and he might have been slightly at the back of the pack, and to try mm-hmm. to jump on, it's mm-hmm. a lot of effort, and you might not catch it, and, you know, it cost him the race, really, didn't it? Just like bike racing,
1: you know, and, and short course triathlon, you've got to stay close to that front of the pack, and, and otherwise you, you know, you're in danger. And, and bike racing, you know, there's the crashes and things like that, and you always see, you know, Lance Armstrongs and the, the leaders of the tour. They always have their team around them up the front, and that's because they don't want, they want to stay out of trouble. And you know, it's not a drafting race in Kona, but the, you know, some of the similar things apply. So. Yeah, no, it was it was a great ride, and and I was really glued to it, and um and I think a lot of people were a lot more than normal because there was a lot going on, and and it wasn't just that normal procession, and you thought you didn't think oh this is just going to come down to a running race, so it was great. Um, one of the other highlights that I had was uh, they were coming right to the end of the ride, and you would have seen this too probably, and Chris Lieto was just he'd made that that turn when you come off um, off uh, the Queen K and you're just sort of going through that little shopping district, and uh, he started freewheeling. And you could just, and they were doing like almost doing a close up on him, and you could tell he was just having a big old piss coming off the bike, and the leg was down, and he was just freewheeling, and you're like, "What's he doing?" And you go, "I don't know what he's doing," (laughs) and he was freewheeling for quite a while. (laughs) So that information. That was pretty interesting. Um, The the girls, the girls ride. you know, they weren't, weren't covering that, you know, quite as much, but it was, it was more or less business as usual. You know, Julie Dibbons was, was, was riding great off the front, but she probably wasn't gaining as much time as, as I think a lot of people thought she would. Um, and then the, the rest of the girls, you know, they were really sort of split all over the show. There was a couple of little fragmented groups here and there, but a lot of them were just, just seemed to be um, riding by themselves. So um, you don't quite get the same dynamic that you do in, in the guys' race.
0: Well, one, one, there's a few points that they brought up, but you know, now that the age group is we're starting 30 minutes behind them, some of the females who would often get the top age group men coming through and help you know ride with mm. uh, didn't have that advantage anymore. And so it really did just, it took away one aspect of the female racing that we've often complained about in the past, but didn't mm. really know there was an answer to. And I think it's a, it's a fairer race now, isn't it? Because the stronger oh. rider who has the advantage of being a stronger rider no longer has, you know, g- can use that to a more gain in the race. So it's a good thing.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's really many many people complaining about it. I think um, you know starting for an extra fifteen minutes early doesn't really bother the pros' sleep. You know they're just they're going to yeah. be up anyway, so um, I think it's a good thing. I think you know the, the, the females, um, some of the riding there. You know I thought um, Yvonne Van Vlerken she rode herself really well, nicely into contention. She, um, coming off the bike, she ended up not having such a great run for her. Yep. Um, but the you know she's always ride strong. But Karen Thurek to ride a four forty eight was was pretty insane. Yeah. Um So that's just an awesome ride. Um, But I think, you know, probably one of the performances of the day, obviously we'll talk about the winners, but Caroline Steffen, who ended up second in the females race overall, she was just consistent all day and, you know, rode a 4.59 and had a
0: great run. run And a 55 swim, so So, solid, consistent race, eh? Yeah, so very, really, really impressed with
1: with her race. Um, And... I don't think I've got too much else to say about the, you know, the girls, the, the bike league or the, 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 the girls race at that stage, you know, and then it, it really came down to the run, and holy holy crap, man, that was uh, it was pretty entertaining stuff. You didn't really know which way things were going to go, but Maka looked certainly like when he came out of transition. Um, he was, you know, he was attentive. He was sort of first in that group, um, yeah, we one attack. of the first. You know about Macca,
0: as soon as he comes out, he always tries to break it up, are you? Like, not, he doesn't mm. find rhythm. He attacks from the start, and he often the first 5K after – transition he goes hell for leather and and it's the mind game mecca plays the mind game well and so he gets out there he attacks it and and, you know puts pressure on the field to respond and and that creates all kind of tension for the other athletes doesn't it yeah, and he just
1: he just looked good. You know, he was first out. He, he well, not first out, but he was first that group out. He, the good thing was he had that they had that gap on Raylud. I think it was only maybe a minute minute and a half, something like that. Um, but he looked great. Um, Marino Van Honecker was looking um, was looking awesome as well. And he just he just kept kept going you know you thought he was going to fade and and you thought he was getting you know he, he was going to get spanked by Ray, Lurs, Ray Lurt and McCormick but he was right there you know he was right in contention if, if those guys had faltered just momentarily he would have just eaten them up so he was he was going great guns and then um, you know you, you always knew well you didn't know but you really expected Craig Alexander to come up and, and run through the field pretty well and he did a great job of doing that and um, and sort of showed some you know some really good qualities to, to get up there. Be really interested to hear from him if he if he really laid it all on the line. You know, once he probably got into that fourth place, third was probably going to be a really big ask to get up there. Marino was running pretty well, um, and I'd be really interested to hear if he if he really opened it all up and gave it everything he had, um, or whether there was a little bit left in the tank there. It he, ended up being you know nearly four minutes behind Marino at the end, so it would have been pretty hard to catch, but. Crowley came home in a, in a 241.59, which is um, you would think would absolutely be the fastest split by a long time. It's one of, probably one of the fastest splits of all time in Kona. But Pete Jacobs ran
0: 241.05. Impressive, eh? Like, wow, mind blowing, eh? Because it was, it was funny, it was on the commentary at the time, they're going on about literally as they're talking about how great Craig's run was. They go, well, wait a second, Pete Jacobs is just come in 50 seconds faster. Yeah. At, at 241. And that is,
1: you know, I, I, I can't remember what Mark Allen and um, no, Dave well, Scott well, they, ran. They, they ran quicker.
0: They did. Because in their time, they counted transition as a part of the run time. So mm-hmm. theirs is around 2.40, but the actual run time on the course was around 2.39.
1: Yeah. That's what but Mark still. Allen did. You don't put uh, Pete Jacobs had a great race here last year. He's had some great races and wrote. You wouldn't classify him as one of the great runners of all, all time. Craig Alexander you'd put him right up in, in there with you know Mark Allen, Dave Scott, those guys. He's just a classy runner and he runs fast times and he win races on the run. Pete Jacobs to do that, I mean, um, it's just sensational. And when you consider, you know, he's one of the fastest swimmers in the sport, yep. and uh, and. He got dropped on the bike because of, uh, well, he, he may have got dropped anyway, but he got dropped because he uh, got a four-minute penalty and would yeah. have lost the bunch. He may not have been able to stay with him. You probably think he would have come in with that group with um, Craig Alexander. You know, he's, he's not that bad on the bike. You would think he'd, he probably would have been with him. And if he'd done that, you know, he could have been potentially sitting there in, in fourth place. Well, you take four um, off
0: his time. He comes in at fifth. Yeah, so you know, like you know, these are all your hearsay. You know, these, he may not have ran a, a two forty one if he'd never rest. But mm. yeah, definitely, he's the name of the future, isn't he? Because the cycling, if, if anything, is probably the easiest thing to to gain speed on, isn't it? And yeah, and he, and he can always be there coming out of the swim. Yeah. So it's not like he's a, he's just an
1: average swimmer looking for. A, yeah, he's always going to be in contention. So just to run through some of the splits, you know, Maca good swim, 51:36. rode 4:31, and then ran a 2:43 for an eight hours 10:37. It's um, one of the fastest times for for a long, long time. I yeah, think Alan's
0: fastest day
1: wasn't it? Yeah, I think Allen's fastest time there was 8:07, and I yeah, think the record 7, might yeah. be 8:04. I think by Luke Van Leer. I think. Um, into and Raylert as well. Um, similar, similar sort of splits around well, two. Well, f- wait, wait,
0: wait, let's talk to that a little bit. So, so in the race, they they Mecca took off. Um, he, he passed. You know, um, who was the guy on the bike? Uh, Leado was never going to be a, an issue really. He was right from the start. You got the feeling he didn't really have his legs on him, and Mecca pretty much got to the front pretty early on, and then Raylert was looking strong, and and for a while they were going in and out of the energy lab, but he was just catching Mecca, kind of at a pretty reasonable pace, putting fast time into him and uh, talking about how fast he's running and his technique was amazing. And, And you got to the point where probably about 10 k's from the end, he's getting pretty close to Mecca. At that moment, what did you think was going to happen?
1: I still thought Maka was going to win it. I mean, um, my, my rationale for that was, yeah, sure, he was catching him up and he looked like he was running very, very fast, but he really wasn't catching him that quickly. You know, he's probably taking a couple, a couple of seconds out every K. Yeah. So I, I still thought, I mean, I, I thought it's going to be 50-50, but, you know, if, if I had 100 bucks sitting there and I was going to bet on somebody, I would have put my money on Maka, um, and especially when he didn't go straight past him. Um, if he'd done that, you know, he could have... That, that was his, probably his only chance in hindsight um, but you know, some guys look like they are running exceptionally fast and, and sometimes there are you know, other guys that don't you know you see at the Olympics I remember in 2004 in, in, in Be- uh, not Beijing in uh, Athens you know they had Greg Bennett running down um, Hamish and Bevan and he looked like he was running sensationally fast but he wasn't really making hardly any inroads into them at all um, and I think that was a similar thing here Rayler looked great and he looked looked like he was running really fast, but he really wasn't running that much faster than Mecca, So at that stage, when they caught up and when he didn't go straight past him, I kind of thought, this is, um, you know, I, I was pretty sure, well, I would have put money on Mecca to take it. But I it was just
0: the other, sensational. The other thing as well, and Mecca talked to this in his interview, is that just experience, you know, Mecca's 37, he's been an athlete for probably nearly 20 years now. You know, the experience, he's just played the game longer, eh? And he has, <laughs> tactically as an athlete, is probably one of the best, in, in the history of our sport, really, isn't he? Hmm.
1: And and, and I, uh, I don't think Ray Lurk completely crumbled mentally. He, he just said he was just absolutely snoked. You know, he'd fought so hard to get up to him. Yep. and And he got there. And, yes, there's definitely a mental component of it. But, um, he, you know, he was smoked. And that's why he was going through the aid stations and he was going for coke and stuff like that. Was, he was he said he was just in la-la land. So um, he'll come back. And, again, I think he'll win the race sooner or later.
0: Uh, what... what what a race, but at the end of the day, for the guys' race, it was exciting. You know, we often talk, you know, I often say it's a pity our sport doesn't have the finishes of the ITU. You were just there the whole time. You couldn't, you didn't want to move away from the screen. Mm-hmm. It just had you captivated. And, you know, if anything, I wish I just kind of got a little bit closer to the end before that cracking point, because I think yeah. it's going to be more exciting. But, you know what, I couldn't complain. That was that was, that was was one of the corners we'll be talking about 20 years from now.
1: Totally. I mean, often we, we um, you know you sit here and watch it, and, and it's a. After a while, you go right. Crowe's going to win it. He's just going to run away. He's going to yeah. catch Leado, and it's pretty straightforward. So you're not glued to it, but you're you bang on. It was uh, you really were glued to it the whole time, and and I just hope that they give the race justice when they do the NBC coverage um, because it was it was it was a very very special run. So I think you know if we look through the the, the top ten results for the for the guys, um, probably not. There's not too many surprises in there. Probably the one big surprise would have been Reinard Tissink. Um, you know he hasn't done. Um, huge things over the last few years. He has had top tens in Kona, but the rest of the guys, you know, yeah, no, not really many surprises in there. Some of the order, you know, you might have tweaked around a little bit, yep. but you know, you, you'd expect um, Dirk Bockel to be up there. He was up there last year. You'd expect Nico Lanos to be up there. Timo Brank, no surprise. Yep. Craig Alexander, obviously Marino. We talked about before the race, um, and I was I was really pleased to see al Sultan um, being in the top ten there as well. So, yeah, I'd say Rana Tissink was the one, um, you know, potential surprise. There and good on him for getting what up there. What about
0: disappointments? Who are, who are you kind of disappointed in? Well, it's I mean, a, obviously It's a hard question because at the end of the day, you know, like it's kind of it's a time end. It's gonna people are gonna crack, and, but and you get.
1: You get huge numbers cracking every year. You know, I think, you know, the ones we potentially expected to do a lot better was probably Terenzo Bizzoni and Andy Potts. I would yep. have expected them to be up there. And also, obviously, Rasmus Henning. I think those, you know, if I was to pick, say, three guys who I would have expected to be in the in the top 10 somewhere, those would have been three guys that, um, uh, yeah, I would have expected okay, to be there or thereabouts. Do, do you think Potts has got it? You know, like... Um, I, basically, you yeah, I, I, think really he he had, I think he has. Um Maybe not to win it, but I've got you know for top five definitely. Um, I think he's his his run is is normally pretty good, so I'm I'm not quite sure why he had such a bad day. But it's pretty normal. And what we've got to remember that it's it's a very competitive field now. Um, Times are very quick this year. You know the run times were quick across the board because apparently it was a bit cooler on the run than normal. Um, But across the board, you know a number of guys went into the 240s and, and obviously the guys went low 240s but great race when you, you got f- uh, first in 8 hours, 10 minutes and 10th in 8.24, so yep. pretty close spread in between fifth and between um, 5th and 10th, only 4 minutes so it's great to see close racing and not seeing those 10, 20 minute gaps they, they used to have in the old days between you know 1st and 10th.
0: It was a fast year because remember we were talking about how the runs last year not many guys got in the 40s mm. You know, if you compare us to last year so our 33rd was Tim DeBoone so you didn't yes. One, but still, to yeah. Maroon, he's still he's still knocking around. And I was surprised he was right there after the swim. Yeah, because no, when I came on, he was up with the bike, and I was like, whoa, the boom. Yeah. It's the boom. Okay, so then the girl side of things in the run. Well, Marinda Caffrey we just really showed her class, didn't she? She just had a, another amazing run, didn't she? Very impressive run. You yeah. know. And, and, and what was great about her run for me was that. Well, first of all, she pulled off a two fifty three, which is yeah. a new record again.
1: Yeah, um, phenomenal. by three minutes. I think by a good three minutes or something like that. She ran two fifty six, I think, last year. So that's a that's not just chipping away at it. Yeah, that's man, a big chunk that's,
0: off. That's a big chunk. And also, she did it all by herself, and she knew she had the race probably at about mm-hmm. the twenty k mark. Like once she overtook uh, Dibbins, it was it was hers for the taking. She was miles ahead, mm. and and you just thought, wow, she's. She still, you know, she just kept at it even on the, when she knew she had it. So it was a bloody impressive run.
1: Very impressive. And, and she had a good solid race all around, you know, um, very good swim for her, um, solid bike, and, um, and then an awesome run. And, and an 8.58. Um, you know, there's very few women that have gone sub nine in Kona. And yeah, obviously it was a, it was a slightly quicker day. It wasn't as windy on the bike and, um, and it was a bit quicker on the run, but still sub nine there is, is is just awesome. Um so yeah, re- really impressive day. Um but yeah, you, know, you you would have you know, when Chrissy came out of the equation you go, well, right, you know, Marinda Carfrey should win. She got second last year and she's a form athlete from the seventy point three. So, you know great race and um, and you know what you would have expected that but I thought Caroline Steffen was just just outstanding and and Julie Dibbons she looked she looked really good until you know the, the last third of the run she looked like she was faltering um, yeah. but still
0: third on debut is is pretty solid I think that's the problem is this is you know like we've had the Chrisies And these people who come along and their first race, we have such high expectations for these people, yeah. you know, like Dibbins is a, is a really successful athlete, and we kind of expect them to come along do this, and so sometimes they don't get the credibility they deserve for getting yeah. third in Kona, like getting third in Kona is such a massive achievement, yeah. and you ask any Ironman athlete, you know, they dream of winning it, but to, to get a podium would be, just be a dream come true. And so, you know, what an amazing performance on your first day out there. Exactly. Um, Virginia Bristategui, great for her. She was third
1: last year, just dropped one place for fourth, but nice and consistent. And then the Joycinator. The Joycinator? Um she just had a, a really steady day when I when I talked to her you know her swim time was basically the same as uh, last year I think it was and her bike time was basically the same but you know she took like 13 or 14 minutes or something off her run um, so really good strong day and she's had an injury affected season so you know um, great race for her Karen Thurek had an awesome bike in, in sixth place for a 4.48. Yvonne Van yeah, uh, you know, she was running there in fourth place, I think, for quite a while, and I thought she would, she would have held that and potentially
0: could, could have got up to third. She's um, a good day, can't she? Yeah,
1: so yeah. Um, you know, if she'd done that 17 minutes quicker, then she would have been you know, in second. You know, third, second, third, probably yeah. third place. Um, and interesting to see Hel- um, Helene... B. DeVart, which is one of the extreme, extreme endurance athletes, um, oh, which we talked to Sandy about. She's finished in ninth place. And uh, Catlin Snow, another sub 3-hour marathon there at 2.56. So I know we're going to talk wow. about Marinda Carfrey, but she had a sensational run as well. But she's done that quite a few times before, but
0: still. In the heat of Kona, that's that's impressive. And a cave came in at 10th to pull off the top 10. So um so the female side of things it was it wasn't as, as an exciting race. Um it was nice to see um, Rennie take it out, she was definitely looking pretty strong and, and then from there even then I suppose um Caroline Stefan catching Julie Dibbons was a little bit exciting for a while, but you kind of once the Dibbons started to fade you kinda of knew that was happening and, and then yeah. there was kinda of form, formulaic from there, wasn't it? It was. Um but you know, hats off to those girls, you know, they did some some
1: impressive times in there. Um, you know, when we talked about disappointments for the for the the guys, you know, disappointing for the, the girls is obviously for us Kiwis. Um, Gina Crawford didn't finish, and Joe lawn just had a, a, a very average day across the board, and, and only finished in twentieth place. So a bit disappointing for
0: us there. And well, Sam, actually, overall for us Kiwis, it's probably our worst corner in probably good ten years. Yeah, it's been Wait, it's been a while. Because it's been a while since we haven't had a pro in the top 10 of either female or males.
1: But we have got some good news coming up about Kiwis. Oh, we'll talk okay. about we'll, that in we'll, a second. We'll
0: be letting
1: them know. Sam McGlone, um, she was only 16th. Kate Major was only 13th. Lindsay Corbin, who's been on the podium, um, was only 12th. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, you know, plenty of names in there you probably wouldn't have picked yeah, before. Cosmo, the, only 17th. Yeah. 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 But I think, you know, for me, one of the, you know, there's a couple of th- main things out of this race is um, whether, you know, and I probably, you know, Macca is, is one of the great athletes of our sport, but yeah. I think with that victory, he's probably going to go down as one of the greatest. You know, I think there's, there's plenty of great athletes, but the way that he won that race and his whole career now, I think that's just capped it off. And hey, I think hey, he's, he, he's he'll
0: you, know, yeah. like, you know, like he's, he's not a spring chicken anymore in the pro field.
1: Yeah. And I think he said in there as well. I think he may have been the oldest um, person ever to win the Ironman, um, when 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 Kona. So I'm not sure if that was correct or not, but that's what he he, he thought he might have been. So, yeah, look, I thought it was a, that was just an awesome, awesome performance, and a guy that myself and, and a lot of other people had not. Written off, but had written off for the win. But thought he'd probably have a good race. So um, just, just awesome.
0: One thing I love about Mecca is, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of his his attitude and what he brings to the sport and his love of the sport. You know, like he was talking about how, you know, the, what motivated him during the race was a his family and Peter Reed's win, his third win when he came back. we everyone had a him off, Tim Deboer, mm. one two. And Mecca was telling himself during the race, Peter Reed, Peter Reed, Peter Reed. I'm Peter mm. Reed. You know, and it's like. You, if you want to talk to someone about the history of our sport, sit down, and have a conversation. Oh, with yeah. he just he's watched every corner like twenty times. He's just passionate about the sport and his knowledge of the sport and what he brings to the sport. You know, he's, he's great. His profile for our sport is he's a good person for our sport, and I was pretty stoked to see him win it. Mm, no, so was I. I was happy for him. Yeah. He just looked really content when
1: he crossed the line. Often you get guys that are pumped and they're excited and yeah. and different sort of emotions, but he just came across the line and just looked, That was that was awesome, and you know be honest, I hope he retires <laughs> almost because I think, think he will? I, don't, I don't know if he will or he won't, you know, who knows but I think, you know, what a, what a way to retire and sort of cap off your career, it's just um, I don't think you could do it any any better way, so um, just awesome and I thought um, WTC guys did an outstanding job with the coverage it seemed like, you know, in past years we've had a lot of cutouts, you know, the feed's been cut out and they've, they've mucked things up a little, just a little bit still great, but I thought this year they they, they lifted their game um, quite considerably um, I, I think Paul it? a
0: couple of things I kind of felt a little bit frustrated when they stay on the wrong athlete for too long but like they'd often be following mm-hmm. the third place person and, and I and that sound on for ages and I was kinda of like, Well, why are we watching? Yeah, I
1: agree with that, yeah. But it's live coverage, so yeah, yeah true, and these things happen. Uh, I th- I think Paul Huddle is just awesome as a commentator. Um I think he's fantastic. I don't know if anybody else was getting a little frustrated with McKaylee Jones talking yeah. over the top of people all the time. That was getting a little frustrating. But but across the board that was still it was an outstanding job by them. So <laughs> thumbs up.
0: what she would do what she would do is you would talk over the top of them before they made their point. Yeah. And then they go, Well that was the point I was trying to make. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Still, it's it's hard and and all those guys are just ex athletes. It's not like they've got any training in this a bit like us, so we can't be too critical, but they overall it was a bloody good job. Also I, I had you, what, what happened to Portland? You rephrase it? Yeah, I don't know. She obviously works for WTC, so maybe um, uh, maybe she was doing something else in the day. But, yeah, she's generally about, and she's um, Paul Huddle's um, partner. I don't know if they're married or not, but, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Yeah. But... Um, Age group results. Now, this is where we can get a bit excited because um, we love Kiwis, because we are Kiwis. First age grouper in the female division and 21st place in the females overall was Belinda Harper. She won the 35 to 39 age group. Um, she swam 55, rode 515, and ran 326 for 944. First age group overall and won her age group, which is bloody impressive. She's from Auckland. That's about as much as I know about her. She's very impressive, though.
0: Bloody impressive, man. And then the first age group man. Now, he dominated the age group field. Um, yeah, uh, I think it was 29 to 30. Yes, he's in 22nd place. Trevor Dalsart,
1: um, he swam 59, he rode 44, and then he ran a 252 yeah, and went, 8.40, 43 and finished 22nd so we had the first girl in 21st and the first guy in 22nd so and he's only 26 mate
0: he'd he better be turning pro. He'd better be turning pro because that was bloody good effort and like if you look at because I went through all the other age group times and just kind of checked out what they were kind of doing in each age group and he was probably a good 10 to 15 minutes before any other age grouper. Mm-hmm. Like he was miles, yeah. ahead. most of the other age groupers were sitting close to 9 hours no one got in the 40s and then yeah, he, he was miles ahead of anyone in age group field. so very impressive he's a, he's a Frenchie, he's a student and
1: yeah, I'm scrolling down the page and the next one's eight, yeah, 8.54 so yeah, like you said 14 minutes so very impressive so that was Kona pretty much um, oh, the one other thing I've got here is from um, Sean, who we, have, we were going to have on the show today. We've interviewed him, um, but we'll be putting it up on, on next week's show. Um, he said he sent an email through about his day. He just enjoyed it. Um, on a completely different note, the guy who won the hand cycle division was on the plane here with us. He is a hard as nails. He was not rude at all, but didn't want any help from anyone as he's bilateral above the knee amputee and walked on his hands to the bathroom and up and down the aisle. I kept seeing him all week, and he's really cool. He smoked the course. He swam. Swam one hour, biked 6.30, um, and rolled in for a 9.26 in first place. The dude is a serious athlete. He predicted he would go 9.36, which I think isn't... Um, an hour faster than anyone had gone, but I don't know for sure. Um, and he's, he says he thinks he's an Aussie, but he lives in Atlanta now. We'll try to find out who that guy was. I didn't, don't actually know, but um, that was a pretty impressive performance. A um, couple of other notes we, I got through was apparently the media area was a lot stricter this year. Um, had somebody so, over there. was. Hawaii. Um, we, we knew that the, the photography was going to get a lot stricter, and apparently they were trying to really crack down in terms of, you know, you always had to call it the Iron Ironman and anything you ever did. Um, and it just sounded like they were getting stricter and stricter, which, you know, it could potentially backfire on them. I know you've got to look after your sponsors, but you know, you've got to have a little bit of freedom out
0: there as well. Yeah. Um, also live, live coverage, uh, you didn't like the Twitter crap? Oh, that was just... Rubbish, jeez! I mean, I don't have a problem with Twitter, but it was
1: coming through on the live feed. And if you're looking for something, you'd have to scroll through this Twitter rubbish. That was getting really frustrating. Well, I will say, a few of our listeners got some Twitter
0: feeds on this. So I was quite impressed with that. Oh, I don't know.
1: No, I don't have a problem with people doing it, but maybe you should have a, a separate Twitter page or something. But you don't yeah, want well, to. Disrupt, I,
0: I found like, it really interesting ch- how they chose which ones they put up there, because I'm sure there was a lot of twittering happening, mm. and. Um, I, I, I like the idea of having the Twitter as a part of the page, but I do think that the live feed should be its own thing, and maybe to the right of it you have a screen. Yeah, you have a column or something yeah, like yeah. that with, with yeah. everything coming through. that? I wouldn't have a problem with that, but, it, yeah, that was pretty because bad. I actually jumped on the I Am Talk Facebook page um, yep. at about an hour to go on the run, and quite a few of the, quite, obviously lots of you guys were listening to it, and a few jumped on and we were just kind of having a bit of banter between each other, and uh, which was quite fun, but... Yeah, yeah, I did think the Twitter was, it was yeah, I, like that, I like the idea, I don't think they really executed it that right, but yeah, you know, mm.
1: I they would get Right, got some interviews coming up, so we've got Rachel Joyce who finished in 5th place overall in the female field, outstanding performance, and now we followed by Dirk Bockel who was finished in 8th after, um, after what getting a Do you want to the other fridge? news first, or do you want to do that? No, we'll do, the, do this first and then we'll go, we'll go to the other news, shall we? And that'll be the wrap-up of the show. Oh we should yep. do a sponsor. Okay, we'll, we'll chuck in Sandy from Extreme Endurance first and then throw in those other interviews. And then we've got Albert Boyce. We've got to talk about Albert's race. Um, you'll hear about it, but he finished fifth in the 45 to 49 age group.
0: Um, okay. Outstanding race. Okay, wait. Okay, so uh, let's push pause now. Ready? Stop.
1: Yeah. Righty-ho. So it's, it's the day after Kona. It's uh, over in Kona. It's actually 8 a.m. in the morning, and I'm surprised this person's awaken uh, up, but she is. And we've got the fifth-place finisher from Kona yesterday, Rachel Joyce, on the line. How are you, Rachel?
3: Um, hi, I'm yeah, I'm pretty good. A little achy and a little bit tired, but uh, pleased with yesterday's race. So
1: I was going to say, I mean, I was I was glued to it yesterday, and and watching coming out of the swim, it, it looked like a, an outstanding swim for you, and uh, you were right up there with you know one of the the main bunches of guys. You must have been pleased with the way you started the day.
3: Yeah, really pleased. I um I kind of took a bit of a different tactic to last year, and kind of found some clear water so I could just because I can I know I can swim pretty quick so if I get the clear water then I thought I'd swim on my own and then hopefully join up with the group and it seemed to work so um it was really nice to to come out first I think I surprised a few people because I think everyone expected it to be Julie
1: yeah yeah <laughs> so, tell. Until- tell us about the swim it, it looked on the the coverage that it was um there was quite a swell out there and, and the times weren't amazingly quick um was it was it trickier than 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 what you experienced last year
3: um i think maybe there was, a, there, was there was a bit more swell than last year but um it, it i mean it didn't really bother me i mean, it's a pretty straightforward course anyway so it doesn't affect sighting and it, it looked like it affected times a bit but um I didn't find it particularly difficult because of the swell.
1: right. And on to the bike, Um, I looked at your splits from last year. You rode a 5.10 and you rode the same again this year. Um, How was it on the bike? I mean, we haven't heard much about conditions yet. It didn't look like it was particularly windy. You know, if you compare the two years, was it um, better, worse, much the same?
3: Um, I think... I think it was I mean there wasn't too much wind there was, a, was there were there were some gusts um coming down from Harvey um but the the headwind back wasn't too bad so um and I think it may have been a bit cooler than last year so um I, I was slightly disappointed with my my split I was hoping to go a bit quicker than last year but um I was riding as hard as I could so um <laughs>
1: And for you girls, I mean obviously they've they've changed the rules a little bit so it's a um you know, you had an extra fifteen minutes. Um the previous year had, had you been caught by any males on the, the bike and had that helped? Um and this year were you did you find yourself a bit more isolated or was it much the same?
3: Um, for me it was much the same because last year because I'm one of the quicker swimmers, I I didn't it wasn't like I was getting caught by packs of age mm. groupers. It would be an isolated age grouper who was going much quicker than me, so they would just go past and I'd be back on my own. Um, but, I mean, I I think it's really good that we get the extra 15 minutes because it just makes it a cleaner race. You know, it's much more difficult for the, the top age groupers to catch um, kind of – yeah the women who have come out a little bit behind on the swim so yeah I think it was a really good move
1: and and onto the run for you um it looked like uh, across the board run times were were quite a bit quicker this year Uh, you know amazing to see Miranda Carfree run a 253 Uh, and and the guys were running fast as well but I mean sure it was a bit faster but you you ran um a 311 versus I think what about 323 the year before so yeah I mean you're, you're pretty pleased with that
3: yeah, really pleased. I've, um, you know, I've I've actually run a lot less than I did last year because of the injury I got in Abu Dhabi. And going into this race, I think my longest run was 15 miles. So yeah. I, I, you know, I've, I got to 16 miles, and I was wondering what would happen here. But me and my coach, I've started working with a new coach this year, and we've kind of focused much more on speed and my technique. So. Um, I, I kind of, although I hadn't done many long runs, I felt a bit more confident about my run just because I feel much more relaxed. Yeah. So I was expecting, well, expecting and hoping to go quicker than last year.
1: Great. I mean, it's a uh, it's good solid time, and you obviously you moved up a place, and um, yeah. so, I mean, uh, and there's also, um, the, for, for you, I guess, um, since last year, we haven't really seen your name popping up very much in the results, and it sounds like um, you, know, you had a pretty bad injury there in Abu Dhabi. Is Has that, is that pretty much wiped out your season? We haven't, haven't seen you popping up too much.
3: Yeah, I mean, after Abu Dhabi, I, I kind of, uh, my chain ring cut through three tendons in my foot. Four. So um, I spent six weeks in a cast and then there was quite a lot of rehabilitation that came along with that because, um, you know, my muscle had wasted away and there was a lot yeah. of imbalances and so it's, it's it was a really frustrating year because I, I was feeling really enthused after my result in Hawaii last mm. year and then, you know, my first race I kind of wiped out the first six months of the year. So. Yeah it's um it's it's kind of been really nice to come here and get a really good result and i can hopefully avoid any uh bike injuries <laughs> next year and have a bit more of a solid solid showing so
1: and, and what about the team Abu Dhabi? Um, for, for you, is it more a case that it's a it sponsor's name? You're trying to get out there a lot, or do you have, um, you know, much of a team thing going on? Um, or is it just more of a, a label for you? you know, do you have camps, and, and and what are your obligations with them?
3: Um, we do have quite a few camps. So we had a a camp over a three week training camp in Abu Dhabi in February last year, and then we all <laughs> all did the race. Um and then we had a pre Kona camp in California Mm -hmm. before coming here. And we're all staying in a house together. So there is definitely a team. It's it's more than just, you know, an umbrella. Yeah. We 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 try and meet up and I we're actually doing my next race will be the Abu Dhabi adventure race in December. (laughs) So uh, that That's going to be quite a challenge <laughs> <laughs> Nice <laughs> And good for team bonding I hope oh, yeah. It's kind of kayaking and running Through the desert and mountaineering And stuff so. Nice. Uh,
1: and, and how about the rest of the team I see Farris was there in 10th yesterday Was there any other good results from, from Team members
3: um, Pete Jacobs came oh. nice And he got the fastest run split of the day I think 2.41 just ahead Of Crowey yeah. so that's uh, very impressive.
1: Because uh, I think I read, did he get a drafting penalty? Is that why he yeah, sort of he off the bike?
3: Mi- yeah, he got four minutes. So I think that uh-huh. kind of um, messed up, uh, it, you know, changed uh-huh. his position on the bike. And then um, a younger guy, Andy Bokurai, got the bike prime. So, uh, uh. it uh, was a good showing, oh, all in all. good.
1: And the race looks like it's, um, it's ramping up for for an, another good, you know, the Abu Dhabi race looks like it's ramping up and they're doing plenty of promos, so it looks like it's going to stay on the calendar and, um, and you know, it's a, it's a big money race for you guys.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think amongst age groupers as well as pros, I think uh, Last year kind of piqued a lot of people's interest, so I think there'll be more people racing this year. Good. Um, so yeah. and
1: from, from the race yesterday, any other gossip? I mean, there's all sorts of things swirling around about uh Chrissy's non start. Um, any other sort of news from the day or gossip from the day that that listeners will love to hear from?
3: Um, I haven't spoken to Chrissy. Obviously, it's really disappointing that you know the defending champion couldn't start. Yeah. Um, I think uh her manager has made um he's issued a a statement saying that she she got got the flu and I think uh I think Katrina Morrison also had that was suffering from the flu on Wednesday so I don't yeah. know if it was the same thing going around but yeah. hopefully she'll be well again soon and back next year. So
1: And do you want to say hello to your sister because I know she's a listener of the show.
3: Uh, yeah, I was just speaking to her, actually, on Skype before I got on the line with you. So, uh, hi, Katie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. So, you've obviously got the Abu Dhabi race coming up. Um, any other plan? And obviously, you have the Abu Dhabi Triathlon as well next year. I mean, uh, any other plans beyond that at this stage?
3: Um, there was a vague plan to race Arizona after this. Uh-huh. So, I'm, I'm going to take a few days and decide whether I will, just okay. because I haven't raced very much this year. So. Yeah. Uh, and it's good with the New Point system to kind of uh, yes. get the points in early.
1: So. And, and, and what's the feeling on the New Point system? Everybody we've spoken to so far, which is not a huge uh, sample size, has, has not been uh, that thrilled about it. Uh, what, what's your, Are you happy with it? Do you, doesn't really bother you too much, or do you prefer the old system?
3: Um, I think there are definitely some pluses to it. I think it's it's good to have people... I think it will be good in that you know certain point, because the points are weighted towards certain races we should get some good feel like deep fields and proper racing in more than just one race a year mm. which is what it sometimes turns out to be that Hawaii is the only race where you see all the big names mm. um, I think what what is I, I'm just, my concern is that it's going to kind of kill off other races because mm. um, you know, in order to you get enough points to qualify for Hawaii you almost have you have to prioritize the WTC races and you know I'd really like to race Roth next year Mm -hmm. um but whether I can or not will depend on what my points are looking like when it Mm -hmm. comes to July so I think that's a shame and also um even amongst the WTC races you know there are some really classic races like Lanzarote which are now have minimal points Mm. um which is a real shame I think because it's I mean that's just one example but that's an amazing race and I would hate to see the pro field kind of deteriorate to one or two people just because you know if you're only going to get you know hardly any prize money and hardly any points it's yeah. It, that race takes a lot out of you so yeah. you know,
1: it will put people off so. Oh well, we'll wait and see I guess I've got to yeah, try and it'll it and be see interesting what happens times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, Congratulations on a great race and thanks for sparing some time straight after the race to talk to us and uh, all the best with the rest of your season and we'll keep in touch
3: Yeah, great, thanks
1: John Cool, we'll, we'll stop okay. recording there, that's brilliant, perfect we'll get that up on the show tomorrow
3: Oh great, excellent
1: party, you party, You got the K-Swiss K- party tonight, is it? Oh, I think
3: so. <laughs> Follow
1: good. the usual form. <laughs> oh, good. Have fun at that and we'll, uh, we're going to hopefully be over there again next year. Oh, great. Sweet. Excellent. Okay, yeah. thanks for your time, okay. Rachel. Bye. Thanks,
3: Bye-bye. We're happy
1: to have on the show today um, Sandy from Extreme Endurance. Uh, we've, we've talked to him before and obviously we've talked a lot about the products, but he's the man in the know and knows a lot more about it than Bevan and I. So uh, welcome along to the show, Sandy.
4: Well, thanks uh, for having me.
1: Ah, it's great. Obviously, um, Kona was last weekend, and we're, we're pre-recording this, so it'll be interesting to see how the, the extreme endurance athletes go. You've got Timo Brack there, who's had some great races in Kona, Yvonne Van Vlurken, who's been second, Piva Brusik, who's just races, um, it seems like, every weekend, um, and a couple of other athletes that, that we don't know as much about that maybe you can fill us in on is, um, and I'm going to pronounce the name incorrectly, Helene B. DeWatt and Heidi Jesperger. So maybe tell us a bit more about those two.
4: Yeah, uh, Helene has won the Arizona uh, Ironman here a year and a half ago, and uh, she's a a great triathlete. She's a European uh, duathlon uh, champion uh, a couple years ago, I believe, and then also uh, maybe she was second to Yvonne. Mm-hmm. But she is, uh got. She's a great runner, great cyclist. She's her weak point is swimming. As a matter of fact, she's going to be coming back to Arizona here to train for three weeks with some Olympic swim coaches to see if she can improve her time. But great, great, great athlete, uh, hard worker, and we're we're really excited to have her. Nice. Heidi, who <clears throat> you probably don't know much about, but she is just a, a sweetheart. Her story is remarkable. Heidi is. Uh, Uh, has been a pro for a number of years and has been tested at Corpus Diagnostics over 80 times. So she has a great track record as far as how her step tests have been going on. And she was also one of the athletes who took part in that 22 athlete study we did, the double blind uh, crossover study. But anyway, Heidi, uh, her highest score she ever got on her maximum oxygen consumption was 57 milliliters per kilogram, and back, that was back in 2005 when she was most fit, yeah. and she qualified for Ironman uh, that year, and that's the last time she made it to the Ironman. But anyway, yeah. after taking Extreme Endurance, she set a new PR on that. Ten days later, 63.5 milliliters, that was an mm-hmm. increase of over 10%, which no one had ever seen before. Certainly, Jurgens tested over 7,000 athletes and hadn't seen that. But the best story is, I just talked to Jurgen yesterday, and she has set a new PR of sixty-eight point two. And Jurgen said, I didn't even take her to the last step nice. because it was just uh, uh, you know a few days, uh, like a week before Kona. Yeah. So he, he said she could have gone easily gone to seventy, but he goes her sixty-eight point two equals Timo's max so yeah so this just shows the longer that you use the product the more benefits going to be and uh we were at the interbike show in las vegas which is the biggest bike show in north america yeah we had hundreds and hundreds of people come by and one of the problems that we always have with the athletes and one of the questions we get is how do you take this product and it simply needs to be taken six tablets a day every day like a multivitamin. This is every day that you're training. So if you're training Mm -hmm. 12 months out of the year, you take it every day. So if you do that, you're going to have great results just like Heidi and the rest of the athletes. Nice. I mean, uh, any other things that came out of uh, Interbike for you? Well, you know, we did. uh, uh, We get asked a lot about our other products, um, and uh, I'll just take a moment and mention them. Yeah. As an athlete, well, we all – um, receive tons and tons, billions and billions of free radical hits a day. But as an athlete, you, 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 you just create more because you're just exerting more oxygen consumption. And, mm-hmm. and it, if you train really hard, you know your immune system gets just shot in the, in the butt, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But we have, a, we have a product called Vital 40 uh, Power, which we've sold in Europe for years to the medical community. So Extreme Vital 40 is the same product. But this is a nutrition store – in one bottle, and we, you mm-hmm. and I, John, could go to a nutrition store and try and duplicate this product. We probably come out with an armful of product and probably spend mm-hmm. 150 to 200 dollars. Yeah. But this literally is a nutrition store in the bottle. But more importantly, not only does it have all the vitamins and minerals and trace elements you need, but it has a full uh, compact of what we call our antioxidant cocktails some of the best antioxidants in the world. And those people who, who don't know about antioxidants. The father of antioxidant research is a guy named Dr. Lester Packer. He's published over 700 papers yeah. and 70 books, but he literally says <clears throat> there are thousands—literally thousands—of studies confirm antioxidants can help prevent numerous diseases and will not only enhance one's life but probably extend it. So, uh, anyone who's training really hard needs to have this antioxidant cocktail and all the vitamin minerals that go along with it. This is a great product. So. The Vital 40 Power, uh, Yvonne, all our, Yvonne, Timo, Heidi, yeah. Helene, Peter, they're all on the product, and uh, and we would suggest athletes, serious athletes need to be on this product also.
1: And how many of those, uh, I see there's 180 in a, in a bottle. Um, do, they, do you take that once a day, twice a
4: day? We take it twice a day, and with this product, you always take nutritional products. When I say nutritional, vitamins, minerals, you should always take this with food, yeah. And so you take three in the morning with your meal and three in the evening with your meal where extreme endurance isn't that critical because extreme endurance is not released in the stomach. It's released in the small intestine, but nutritional products like our vital 40 power is, and it's uh, vital 40 power is in a soft gel cap. So it dissolves in the stomach instantaneously and binds with other, uh, <laughs> mineral nutrient nutrients and, and food nutrients to be more absorbed. So it is a, awesome, awesome product. It's actually our number one seller in, in Europe and is probably the best nutritional product you can buy uh, it, it, at this price, literally in the world. It's it's a great product.
1: Nice. And you've also got the Prostate Powder 6, um, the Extreme Joint 4, and the Omega 3.
4: Yeah, Omega 3s, you know, it's, it's a really interesting. Not all Omega 3s are created equal, and, and nutrition is an interesting science. But what makes omega-3s so, so important are the things called EPAs and DHAs, and so you want to make sure that you have very high dosages of those two nutrients, which are part of omega-3s, and our omega-3 is is simply the best. It has very, very, very high dosages of EPAs and DHAs, so that's an amazing product that I think there's enough research that out in the world where everybody understands how important that is, and yes. another product that we don't... Market here in the United States. It's only in Europe, but I uh, I am going to introduce it probably next year. Is our probiotic product? Oh, this yeah. Came, yeah. This kind of came for me because a lot of these, <clears throat> well, most of these Ironman competitors, they say one of the biggest problems they have is having digestive problems or stomach problems during mm-hmm. the long event. And so we're finding that people use the probiotic uh, product like a week or two weeks before the event, during the event, that's really uh, taking care of that problem for them. So we'll probably be introducing that as part of our sports line um, next year. And does that come in a powder or a tablet format? It'll be a tablet form also, yeah. uh-huh. uh, a gel cap form. Yeah, it's interesting because
1: my, um, my children, we've been encouraged to give our children probiotics because they've got some digestion issues um, with, uh, with wheat allergies and what have you. And, um, yeah, we've really been encouraged to, to give them probiotics. So interesting stuff. Any other, anything else you wanted to mention there, Sandy?
4: Uh, Well, I might mention that all of our products are Uh, gluten-free. Good. uh, We're putting that on our our label because there's more and more people like uh, you, John, who who are concerned about that. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to put that on our labels. We are getting calls. I have to tell you, people came up to our – we had hundreds and hundreds of people come by the show in Las Vegas and would come up and say, Oh, we heard this all about on I am talk so Great. thank you, the words getting out but we literally get emails from around the world and uh so you're well-followed, and we appreciate our, uh, our relationship with you. So uh, The
1: feeling's mutual. So thanks for coming on, Sandy. I'm sure we'll get you on again soon, and um, hopefully we'll be able to catch up with a few of your athletes after, um, after the weekend's racing with some fantastic results. So uh, if you guys want to get any of the Extreme Endurance product, um, xendurance.com, and get on there, and you can get all the products Sandy's
4: talked about. Thanks for coming on, Sandy. All right. Thanks for having me, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Righty-ho, we've got another special guest on live from Kona, and again, it's very early in the morning Kona time, um, straight after the race, it's about uh, 8.30 in the morning over there. We've got uh, Dirk Bockel on the show, so welcome along, Dirk.
2: Hey, John, how are you? Thank you.
1: Great. Hey, obviously, um, you know, another top 10 race for you, finishing in eighth place here yesterday, Um, just tell us about your race and and how how it sort of unfolded and, and perhaps compare it to last year.
2: Okay, well, let's start out with the preparation. Um, this year, I tried something different. I went to altitude training in Boulder. Yeah. And I really pushed the limits there, sleeping on uh, two and a half thousand meters and training yeah. down on sixteen hundred meters. So that that was really amazing and really really paid off. Yeah. Um, so preparation was all smooth, and we took a little bit more risk than last year. Yeah. So that was also the game plan for this year's race because we said we want to. Not just have a solid top ten. We really want to push the limits and see how far we can go. Yeah. So it all started out pretty well at the at the swim. I was uh, uh, right behind Potts. I mean, Pottsy was leading, uh, and I was let's say like maybe twenty five meters back, and I was dragging the whole group along. Yeah. So basically, except the first four hundred meter, I was always in front, which is impressive for me because I never did that before and I was yeah. afraid of losing too much energy and all. But then on the bike, um, it was a pretty tough game. I mean, we were around 20, 25 guys rolling out towards Javi. And,
5: yeah.
2: you know, there, there was a new rule, like kind of, you know, they they told us it's a 11 to 12 meters, according to some markers on the road. And it was kind of new. So everybody kind of like thought there's more space between the athletes so I can hop in. Yeah. And there were a couple of uh, blocking calls. And unfortunately, I got one.
5: Ah. which was
2: really uh, questionable, but, um, you know, I, I tried to take it like a man, and then, you know, I was sitting there for four minutes, and, you know, four minutes are so incredibly long, and just, you know, doing yeah. the race, it's amazing. And so what stage so did you get I mean, there? At, at what stage in probably, the race? Probably uh, after 60K on the bike. Oh, you know?
5: that's pretty early, yeah.
2: Yeah, so, so I lost the group, I was in contention with the leader, with everyone up there, and you know, I was very unfortunate. It was a little gray zone, but let's not talk about it anymore.
5: <laughs> so it took
2: me 35 kilometers only to make it up, so I was really riding like a crazy man to to get uh-huh. back on the tail of the group, you know, Javi. Yeah. And so I took a little breath when I got back. Like 20 minutes, stayed with the group, and then on the way back, I just attacked again and did the whole way home like the last 60k all by myself, took yeah. 300 watts, and I was really borderline. And i was, I was questioning myself, how am I able to run
5: <laughs> so once
2: I got into transition I, I i found running legs and I did an amazing two fifty two i mean that's, that's five minutes faster than I did before, and I'm very, very pleased with that and, well, now I just looked at the times <laughs> without those four minutes, I would have been fourth, but yeah uh eight late i'm I'm happy with it. I had a great great race the whole day i mean I was able to push the gas all the time, and I'm, I'm very happy with that. Sir.
1: So, was there anybody else in the penalty box? Because I know that Pete Jacobs got a, a penalty whether at drafting or yeah, blocking. Well,
2: actually, my buddy Pete Jacobs, exactly. Yeah. And uh, Ben Hoffman, who was I supposed to block? So I asked him, and he said, "Dirk, you didn't block. That was was uh, And <laughs> I said, okay, well, guys, let's hydrate. Let's eat. Let's stretch. Yeah. And then we all pumped each other up and said, let's get back on the, on the tail of the group. And you know, we worked together And Pete Jacobs. I mean, he had an absolutely amazing day. I mean, his run is just amazing. I'm, I'm cool. very, very happy for him. And He yeah. got close. So I got a little worried at the end, but yeah. it worked out. And, you know, it was another great corner for me, definitely.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, there must have been, I mean, because I know that well, that's three guys in the top ten. There's yourself, Pete Jacobs, and Faris Al Salton who all got penalties. Um, do you know of any, any, other, any other guys who got penalties?
2: Actually, in the top 10, I think it was only PDM. I, I, um, you're right, actually, about uh, Ferris, but you guys just got to stop and go for the same offense that we were supposedly doing. It was kind of yeah. weird because they call a four minute penalty for, for blocking, and it, it's usually a stop and go. So it's, uh-huh. yeah, it's always the same thing. Kona is known for, you know couple of things and those are not so fortunate unfortunately <laughs> yeah. and,
1: and tell us a bit about the conditions because um, across the board the run times seem to be um, quicker than, than usual uh, and the bike times yeah. it didn't look like there was a lot of wind so you know perhaps we would have thought some of the bike times might be a bit quicker
2: actually it, it's true I mean it was a little overcast as well especially starting out on the run and that was, that was, that was good for us because you got a little bit more you know, I think temperatures the last day were 97, mm-hmm. and I think this time it was around 85, 80, 86. So it, w- it was not too bad, but I mean, still, it's always brutal conditions.
3: Mm-hmm. The
2: wind, uh, actually, going out to Javi wasn't as bad, mm-hmm. but then in Javi, I mean, it was, it's always windy up there, and yeah. going down the hill with 70k an hour, I mean, I, I was very, very scared. I, <laughs> sometimes I had trouble to just keep a straight line, and... You know, I mean, last year a couple of days before the race I was blown off my bike and fell into the lava.
5: Yeah. No, so I
2: was uh, I was uh, yeah, I was I was pretty worried about that but you know, that's a race. I mean, there's there's just no mercy out there. You know, <laughs> It's and, just so tough. It's ridiculous how tough it is.
1: And and one person that um a lot of people, myself included, were picking to have a have a great day and potentially be a winner of the race was was Rasmus Henning. Have you talked to him about why perhaps his day didn't go quite so well?
2: Yeah, we actually uh, we are very good friends and we always uh, hang out before the race and do the last couple of uh, days together and all. Um, this, this year, I don't know, maybe the pressure got a little bit to him. I don't want to speak too much for him, but he just said he had a total blackout. He had a terrible start. He had all the surfboards right in front of him. So it took him a long time to actually make up to the first pack. And, you know, then in transition, everything just went wrong. I mean, he couldn't open the zipper. He lost his shoes on the bike. I mean, the helmet, he couldn't close. And he got dizzy. I mean, he had a total blackout day and he was, he was riding far, far back. Yeah. And you know, uh I, don't, I mean finishing twenty second that's not his usual performance, so I can only say chapeau for for still finishing and then sucking it up like that. So that's that's tough, you know, yeah. that's, that's smooth. and any other gossip will be back.
1: Any other gossip from the from the race. I mean uh this thing circulating about Chrissy, I mean, um and there was obviously some great performances yeah. out there. Any, any other bits of news that might not necessarily be coming out of the media that you can share with the listeners?
2: Yeah, I mean uh, about Chrissy, we we all really question if a scratchy throat is is uh, keeping her from a race. I mean, she was seen out yesterday for normal training and actually pacing herself. And yeah, you know, some people say that she she wanted to find her soul yesterday before the race, and it, it's a little bit uh, seems a little bit too spiritual for her. And yeah. I mean, she was she was running really hard the day before the race, and yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean we'll we'll find out maybe in a couple of days or weeks, week. Uh, but I mean there's there's no big time rumors about it. It's just a little strange and yeah. maybe there's some mental issues involved or something, I don't know. You're nice. But apart from that, I mean nobody expected Maka to win. I mean he's, nice. he's he's travelling all over the globe, I mean he's racing every other weekend. I mean it's it's amazing what he's doing. Um Honestly, I, I didn't expect that. I expected real and Rasmus fight, fighting for the win. Yeah. But I also said Troy is not going to win this year, even though he did an amazing preparation. But uh, I just think that the uh, short distance guys coming up now—I mean, that's that's just—it's it's a new, new, new game out right there.
1: Yeah, and, and and your opinion on the the new rulings um, in terms of how WTC uh changed the qualifying procedure and and um, obviously prize money's changing a bit as well. I mean, we haven't had a lot of positive feedback from the pros. Um, what's your take on the whole um, changing of rules?
2: Yeah, it's, it's actually a little strange. I'm not too happy with it myself. But, I mean, if, if the governing body says, okay, those are the new rules, you know, it's like when they changed the drafting rule back then in, in '95. I mean, you got to deal with it. you got to adapt, uh, plan your training according to it. I don't know if it really makes sense the effort to bind the athletes to WTC. I actually believe it creates more opportunity for other um mm. organizations such as the uh, Tri Grand Prix or even Challenge and mm. I mean, you know, winning New Zealand, I mean we all know how tough that would be with Johnny yeah. and Terenzo out there. And at a thousand points, that should be equivalent to a seventeenth place in Frankfurt. Yeah. I don't even know anyone out of the top ten. So I mean it's it's a little it's a little weird call but uh you know, we, we might just see that efforts just race in a couple of weeks after Kona, just to knock it out and just yeah. finishing and, you know, do yeah. maybe a 10-hour Ironman just, just to knock it out. And then maybe actually getting paid good money to race Challenger, one of the other races. That's I good. mean, efforts talk and uh, I actually think what they try to do is creating the total opposite. So mm. but we'll see where it leads to it.
1: And what would be your plans? Obviously, you know, you, the, the, the morning after an Ironman, you don't really want to think about it too much, but have you got any plans yeah. for the next 12 months?
2: Well, actually, uh, I plan pretty pretty strongly to, to race Ironman New Zealand, but mm-hmm. now uh, well, with my eighth finish, I should have enough points to, to be kind of safe and kind of like pre-qualified. But yeah. I do have to race another Ironman. The question is if it makes sense to, to do that now, this year or next year. I mean, I still need to, to figure that out and sit down with coach. But mm. New Zealand lost the plan, but mm. a thousand points. Mm. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I, I believe they destroy a couple of the greatest races, such as also Lanzarote or, yeah. uh, you know, Western Australia. I mean, this is just sad. And maybe they, they need to come up with something else. Maybe just like eight or 10 races instead of like 3,500 races a yeah. year, you know, and, I mean, the, the quality between Ironman winner now for a thousand point race and Frankfurt Texas with like 4,000 points. <laughs> I mean, it's, how can the public, the eye, can, can uh, figure out like what's, what's the quality when, you know? Uh, yeah, it's going to be it's, it's, a, it's a little. Yeah.
1: interesting times ahead so um, anyway we're just doing a lot of sh- short interviews today and, and just sort of getting the feel from Kona and, and well done again on a great race especially now we know you had a drafting penalty that makes it you know, even more impressive so um, you know, yeah, have, have, a great, you. have a great recovery and enjoy the, um, the party tonight and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you some stage uh, during the year as you build up for next year cool, John. Thank you very much for having me on the show again. It was great and I'll talk to you soon. No worries. That's awesome. Okay, so we've got uh, our third guest on the show for today. It's um, Mr. Coffees of Hawaii, Albert Boyce. How are you, Albert? Good.
5: How are you, John?
1: I'm very good and I'm very happy to see your result up there. Um, I saw you I was you know, following your progress during the day in Kona and you, were, you had an outstanding swim by the look of it and then um, just consistent, I saw you drop back a little bit on the bike and then came home with a good strong run and finished in 5th place and uh, so you'll be going up on the stage tonight, you must be pretty pleased with how you went.
5: I was, uh, very happy, John. It was, um, it was, you would, you'd, you'd appreciate it. was an epic camp reunion out on the swim start right there in the middle <laughs> the one by the surfboard. I uh, uh-huh. up with, um, uh, Mark yeah. and, uh, Stephen, Stephen Lord and Eesh. a few other guys. That was fun. And, uh, so yeah, a good swim. It was, uh, you know, smooth. And then, uh, I think finally for the first time, um, I executed a good race where um, I didn't go too hard on the bike so I just sort of dialed in a wattage uh, 250 watts so for the first two hours just sort of relatively cruise and let you know a thousand Europeans fly by me <laughs> and yeah. uh, and then I also managed to basically Basically, I always have problems eating, but I forced myself uh, my normal drink about 250 calories an hour. But then I also got in a total of 10 gels, and that made a huge difference. So basically, versus years past, started with an extra thousand calories on the run. And that, you know, I can't reiterate how much of a difference uh, fishing calories make. So hopefully, uh, I've had enough bad races here, which I just forced myself to do it. And uh, so then it was a positive. Feedback loop, uh, you know, really from the second half of the bat- bike coming back from IV, so, um, you know, through most of the run. So, yeah, I was really happy.
1: So, how, how, with that nutrition, how did you actually make that happen? It was just a case of uh, you just said, I'm just slamming this in, no matter what happens, I'm taking in this nutrition?
5: Well, I've, you know, I've learned over the years, I've tried every mental trick, you know, before I've had goo flasks on my bike and I, I just can't force myself to do it because I think almost it's intimidating looking at, you know, 400 calories of goo. And so what <laughs> I did, I just taped 10 goos I literally taped 10 goos on my top tube and handlebars. And so every 20 minutes, half an hour, I would just force myself to rip one off and, you know, chug it down and follow it with some water. So I usually did it right before an aid station. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, Molina told me years ago, you know, an iron man, if you, if you feel like eating, eat, and if you don't feel like eating, eat. And it's, <laughs> you know, I can't reiterate enough how sufficient calories, if you don't have sufficient calories aside from no energy, then you just start making poor decisions because you're not, you know, your brain's not working too well. And so it yeah. really, really, uh, it helps a lot. So.
1: <laughs> and and um, in terms of your hydration there as well, I mean, obviously people are always interested to know, especially when people have great days, so you're pounding back the goose and then were you just on a sports drink, or were you on a uh, an Infinite type thing, or, or what were you doing for your hydration? Yeah,
5: I, w- I was drinking Infinite with one of those, uh, I have one of those Speed Fill bottles, you know, where you have the hose mm-hmm. coming up to the bite valve, so that worked well, and then I did not, I missed. Getting my uh, replacement bottles at the turnaround. So mm. this year they had uh, um, it's not Gatorade, it's like Power Bar, whatever it is, Power yeah. Bar Performer. Something it has a fair amount of sodium, and so I had run out of fluid, so I just started taking those at the aid stations, and they had them in bottles where with your teeth you could just undo the top, and then, you know, the wide mouth neck, so I could just pour it right into my flat, into my, uh, yeah. you know, big jug thing, and it was, it was good, and it was cold, and so for the other yeah. thing, for me, anything cold goes down a lot easier, so I was very well hydrated, prior. peed, you know, literally four times on the bike, and uh, so between nutrition and hydration, um, I came off the bike feeling good, such that, you know, I didn't even have to hit every aid station initially on a lease, so... And, definitely helps be in balance
1: and um, obviously the conditions out there it, it looked on the coverage like it was a, a bit lumpy in the swim and the, and the time seemed to be a little bit slower than, than normal um, did you find that and, and what about the conditions on the bike
5: I don't know. you know for me I thought I I don't know I always pretty much swim the same time every year so it seemed normal it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't real wavy or swelly and the bike um, I thought it was Pretty normal, and then you know going up to high V, the final five miles or so, yeah, there's that strong headwind. I would say maybe not as totally strong as years past. Yep. And then coming back, there was some good, you know, you get those blasts from the side, and there was, yeah, I think people, I mean, I saw a fair amount of people in front of me freaked out over that. So, <laughs> I would say this is a good lesson. Anybody who does the race for the first time, if it, you really need to practice with those, and you can see the people in front of you. Yeah, they get hit by the gut, So then, you, is, you know, if they're 100 feet in front of you, you can anticipate it, and yeah. then so you just sort of move left on the road, and then you just have to relax your upper body mm-hmm. and just let it blow you side, you know, diagonally across the road. And the wor- what happens is people freak out, and then they get out of their aero bars. And once they're in their bull horns, and they have locked arms and they're nervous, then it it's horrible, and that's all they can do to stay on their bike. So yeah. okay. Say first timers, the more you can practice. And the faster you go, I mean, the more stable you are, and you just have to really mentally practice that, and then you can just get through it. But otherwise, if you freak out, especially the women, they they were just completely freaked out.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think the moral of the story is yeah. if it's windy, you still go training.
5: Exactly,
1: and um, so, and and the run times look like um, you know when you look at the the elite men, there was just some outstanding runs there, and not just one or two across the board. They were pretty good. So you've been there a lot of times. Uh, again, on the run, were conditions um, pretty you know a little bit better than normal, or do you think everybody just raised the game yeah, a bit?
5: It's definitely better than normal. So last year, if you recall, Elite was very very hot. This year, mm-hmm. it was not. I didn't feel it was nearly as hot. And then, up on the highway, there was maybe sporadic cloud cover, so every once in a while the sun would be covered a little bit. There was no rain or anything. but mm. uh, I, yeah, I definitely felt on elite the conditions were a lot better. It could be able to run um, at pace. Yeah. And I don't know if the pros start, you know, if the pros start 15 minutes earlier, I mean, I feel like they' probably had better bike split because the wind yeah. comes up later, and yeah So they had a bit more energy.
1: And, and how was the whole week for Coffees of Hawaii? I mean, you obviously had the boat out there again. Um, did everything go well and plenty of I Am Talk listeners out there?
5: So we met all sorts of I Am Talk listeners. Uh, <laughs> I had a lot of people asking where, where you and Bev were, and I, I assured them you would be back next year. We yeah. had a very good time. Gosh. Uh, I still have another day of photos to post, but I broke my camera, so the, the memory uh, card is good, but the camera is, is dead, so few oh, days we had the blue uh, we had the blue seventy boys and they uh, were lots of fun and it's, all I can say is it's amazing what people will do for a free pair of goggles. That's so nice we place. were uh, probably out in 35, thirty five thirty thirty five feet of water and uh, the motto was grab sand for free pairs of goggles. <laughs> <laughs> we had dozens of people blowing their race day papers, uh, touching the sand to get some goggles. it so uh, It was.
1: Pretty funny. They don't listen to me, do they? Nobody listens to me, Albert
5: they don't listen to you no. so the other fun thing that we did every once in a while we said to people they would have people do uh, sort of uh, they'd line 10 people up in the water and they'd be a synchronized swimming competition where you're going the water on your back and try to get your leg you know straight up in the yeah. high in the air as possible and uh, you saw a few flexible hamstrings and <laughs> unlike me saw a lot of people who always could barely get out of the water so that was that was good fun too so they yeah. uh, they were a lot
1: of fun awesome and any other gossip you've heard from, from the day? I mean, I know it's only, um, what, 10 o'clock in the morning over there, the morning after, but any other gossip from the race? Was there any changes to normal in terms of the way the race was run from a competitor's point of view, or was it much the same as normal?
5: It was, um, I'd say, pretty much the same. It was, it was wild. I was walking by the pro bike early in the morning when... Lucy Bentley or whatever, you know, announced that Chrissy's not starting, Chrissy's not starting, so people were mm. freaking out over that. And I guess I guess he came down with a flu or you know, sore throat or whatever. So that was a big surprise. But I think I think the women pros knew, you know, before they started the race. Yeah. So I um I'd say they all performed well under pressure and obviously Carfree had a heck of a run. So yeah. I mean they did good. And the other, as the other fun thing for me was being on uh, on the highway watching. I had no idea who who was in the lead for the men, and watching coming back, and it was Macca and Raylor just shoulder to shoulder. And as they went by, Macca had just had his head turned and was just staring right into the eyes of Raylor. It was sort of just total sight, just there. And uh, and I guess they sh- and the gossip was I don't know if they said it online, but I guess they shook hands or whatever at the top of Polani, and then. Mac, I guess, just totally opened it up, going downhill, and by the time I'd finish the final turn, and Mac was just flying around the final turn, and I guess Rayler was pretty strung out. So yeah, it was. Uh... Maybe Mac played, played possum a little bit to let him catch up, and then just buried him. So I was, I was uh, happy for Mac because I don't think anybody expected
2: him to do well
1: no, myself included I think when everybody sees the coverage that was racing and uh, I was watching it live it was uh, it's by far the best race that I've ever seen there obviously outside of the Iron War, but in, in recent memory it was just a, an amazing amazing thing to watch and uh, I think everybody was glued to, glued to their internet so it was, uh, it was brilliant stuff and I'm sure you'll enjoy that so hey, that's, it's, it's great to see you having a great race over there any, any other coffees of Hawaii um, news you want to inform listeners about
5: yeah, well, our biggest uh, selling hit this year was our swimsuits. We blew out of our swimsuits, sold most of them before we got here, and we have a list of about 20 or 30 people that have signed up from now. So if anybody wants a swimsuit, oh, no. go ahead and place your order, and we're doing another big bulk order, or sort of like uh, I am Talk Jersey. We're going to do another swimsuit order here uh, probably next week or the week thereafter. So uh, get them ordered and get them out. Um, I think if you look on our website, we have some good action shots of them now. I have a few more shots that I'll post here in a couple of days. So
1: uh, cool. they were uh, definitely a big hit. Brilliant. will oh, you uh, make sure you enjoy the, um, the, the K-Swiss party tonight. I'm sure you will. And uh, look forward to catching up with you soon. And, uh, again, well done on a great race.
5: All right. Thanks, John.
0: Okay, so Albert from Coffees of Hawaii. Uh, I haven't actually listened to the interview yet, John. So, why was it such an amazing race?
1: Oh, he just he got his nutrition right, basically. From the sound of it, he goes nutrition and his pacing right on the bike, uh, from what you heard, and uh, just had a good good solid day. And you've got to factor in as well that he works his nuts off that week. So, for him, him to finish fifth, as well as doing a pretty solid day, you know, week of work, um, just makes it a little bit more impressive. So, very very happy for, very for good
0: Albert. Year for Albert, hasn't it?
1: has. It's been a good good year for Coffees of Hawaii. You know, they're cranking it, They get the boat out there again, and um, yeah, well, it's I'll done the dis- the pornos in Stiff's
0: house in the last few days, because I'm in Australia, and I'm in Melbourne now. And yeah. last night, he goes, do you want a coffee? And I'm like, well, it's a little bit late, and I don't sleep that well with caffeine in my system. He goes, doesn't matter, Biv. I've got some Coffees of Hawaii decaf. Nice. And I have to say, I was pretty impressed with it. Eh? I've never nice. really had decaf before, and so maybe I'm not the best judge of it. But um, I was really impressed. It tasted just like great coffee, and and, and you didn't have. The, you know, I went to bed and pretty much crashed straight away. Very so, good. So if you're someone who just loves the taste of coffee, and you don't really, you know, you you know, you know, you're not going to sleep that well at night, or you don't want the the caffeine effect that late in the day, it's a really good option, and, and it tastes bloody good. So, you basically,
1: I'm, I might as well fill in. Um, some other co- do the coffees of y info now, um, as you heard Albert on the interview he talked about swimwear um, is is now um, they 're going to do another order of swimwear, so you just get onto coffees of y um, click on the they 've got some apparel under there, get your swimwear very very popular looks good you 're supporting one of the sponsors and you get a swimsuit out of it as well because everybody needs a swimsuit anyway yep. so um, get on coffees of Hawaii. support them they support the the sport and uh just if you wanna get all the discount codes, go through imtalk.me, click on the Coffees of Hawaii logo and we've got all the discount codes up there.
0: I'm really happy for Albert A, eh, because I know this race for him for last year, he hasn't really nailed it for the last few years and it's kind of you know, Albert's Albert's a real example of if you stick at it as an athlete, you know, you're gonna have your good days and bad days, but if you keep sticking at it, that good day's gonna come. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because yeah. this year he had the awesome Autumn Boston, you know, he's had a great Kona. You know, like, but last few years, both of those races haven't necessarily been that great for him. But he's just kind of stuck at it and done the work. And, you know, he's, he's of an age where you should be technically getting slower. But he's, he's having great races at an age where he still keeps getting, getting better, right? Eh? Exactly. So, very good race by, by Albert. Love your work, Albert. And I was over the moon that you got fifth. Because when I looked at the results, it looked like it was sixth. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it was one <quite laughs> off. But he got fifth. So, got to go on stage.
1: So our um, discussion la- of the, the week last week, which we host up on Athletics, was, um, was twofold. It was uh, to try and guess Scott Molina's um, finish time in, in Kona and also to do your top five picks. And so Scott Molina's time over there, he just said, Yeah, I, I, he, um, I saw on his Facebook page, he just says, this is just misery, you know, I'm just broken, it's just, why do people do this? Um, so his day unraveled like this. He swam a 101, which um, I thought was a little bit slow for him. I would have expected him to swim a little bit quicker than that, but he may have just been chilling for the rest of the day. Rode a 5.23, which is about bang on what I expected, and then ran a 3, 3.49. Um, I thought he might have run a little bit quicker than that. Um, um still, he didn't have the explosion that some of us were fearing he might have, yeah. and he finished in ten twenty four um seven hundred and first overall and fifteenth place in the fifty to fifty four age group um, so I think he'll just be wrapped that he got through it and uh and did a, a respectable performance didn't didn't explode and uh, and hopefully he enjoyed it somewhat um, and just I think it would just be for him just good good to get back there so if we look through some of the, um, well, the no posts people Macca. put no one person did oh, now let's, let's give him some love now they did let me just scroll down here uh, oh, it's a little way down Nathan Bradford well, um, Nathan. he picked Mecca in Lanos. He is definitely the sustainable. Macca, Lanos, Alexander, Henning, and Ray Lurt. And he had, on the girls, he had Wellington, Dibbons, Morris, and Carfrey, yeah, and Joyce. So he, did, he got, again. well, he got Joyce there. And, and um, yeah, so he didn't do too bad. But from when I, what I saw, he was the only person that picked Macca.
0: So you are our champion for this year. Yep. Um, and... And there's a few people oh. commenting on your your poor... Uh, Dennis Wang saying, "Who was the person that made that comment that Mecca had no potential to win at Kona this year?" Just seriously uh, wondering. But then Craig Brighthouse, he's, he's obviously a bit of a fan of yours, John, because he's got brilliant, brilliant commenting. Exactly. Oh, nice move, reverse psychology, dismissing Mecca and saying he couldn't get close would have been the perfect motivation for Mecca to draw on to drop Ray Lu after being caught and to say Mecca was, <laughs> Chrissy was unbeatable, made her question herself enough to, <laughs> to cause a drop out. Powerful commentary, John. Powerful. Huh? I control that race, man. I control <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> so in term it was actually the week before we had the, the Scott Molina pick there and um Andrew Bin Search was pretty close. He said Scott Molina would do a sub ten and a half hours. So oh, nice. that was that was pretty close. I wonder if anybody else here got Got remotely close. Um, That one's pretty close. Ian Wood was pretty close. Well, 9.53 was a little bit off. He said he'd swim 52, bike 5.17, which is pretty close, and run 3.44, which is close. So he just mucked up the swim there, and he wouldn't have been bang on. It wouldn't have been uh, pretty close, and we all know where Ian Wood lives now because I I let it all out on the show last week and got reprimanded on Saturday night. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um up and, and was
0: your best week last week, was it Oh no, it <laughs> a
1: shocker, uh, and nobody else really had too much of a guess on there i was I was a little way off. I thought he'd go um you know sub ten maybe sort of about nine forty five to nine fifty something like that, so still a good race for him this week's one, um, unless you want to veto up bevan no, um, i'll do. Yeah. what songs, and this is to help Bevan out as well, what songs do you like to hear when you're racing or spectating? So not necessarily what you like to have in your iPod, iPod. just before you're going and racing. It's more you know the sounds around the race and what you like the, the MC and the commentary team to, to have going. Because the reason for this is um, Bevan's going to be in charge of the music at my race that, that I'm putting on. DJ No, it's um, DJ BJ, isn't oh, it? Like right? DJ yeah. DJ
3: BJ.
0: Yeah. I just
1: get a t-shirt T-shirt has got DJ BJ written on it. <laughs> um, so give us that post, what sort of music you want, the songs and the artists on there. And if you really want to do me a huge big favour and help me out with my Facebook page, which is my House of Travel Triathlon Facebook page, we have a link on the site this week. Yeah. Um, I've also got that question on a discussion there. And uh, the more activity I can get on that Facebook page, the better.
0: Okay, other news. So we've definitely got some big other news. Race Challenge Barcelona happened. We still haven't been able have to find the results for that. So uh, I found, found them, you say, but the website's
1: rubbish and I can't if, see If someone well. wants
0: to email us through, we'll, we'll put them on next I'm week. I'm going to click
1: show. on it one more time and see if it goes through, but it just doesn't want to click through. Okay, well... No, we'll, it's rubbish.
0: Okay, rubbish. Email us and let us know. Okay, other, other big things. A couple of huge things have really happened. First of all, the 70.3 chap's are moving to Vegas. So they've they've obviously sick of the, the band or the crap they've been given about Florida and now they're moving to Las Vegas and apparently it's a pretty challenging course or at least that's what they were saying on Iron live on Kona Day.
1: Yeah, I just about fell off my chair when I heard that. Greg Welsh just kind of said it um, you know, matter of factly, and I went, What? <laughs> and, uh, and then I, I saw it on um, trijuice.com. He also had it on there, and then it's obviously now on, on the other websites as well. But it's scheduled for September the 11th, 2011. Wow. So they're, they're, that's interesting, actually. I so only you didn't just noticed
0: that. I hope to get more of the Kona people there.
1: Definitely. I mean, it's, um, it's still only a month or so out, which is pretty close if you want to go and do a, a smackdown. You know, if it was six weeks out, then I'd say that definitely would be perfect, but that's, it's still getting pretty close. But you might, you, you might certainly get a, get a few more doing it, um, but that's so interesting. Do, you, do you think, like,
0: like, the guys who are that experienced, who can lay a bit of a smackdown day a month out, that probably wouldn't hurt the corner that much. Yeah, potentially not. I mean, you don't see – I suppose, you know, you look at
1: Craig Alexander. He does uh, the Muskoka one, um, which is probably about four weeks out or so. So, yeah, let's wait and see. Maybe maybe we will get more. What's going to be interesting, though, is they're basically now going head-to-head with uh, WTC, ITU, yeah, which yeah, are also so they released release the series to
0: 5150 well no, 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 But the, this is for
1: next year, the world long distance champs are also being held in, in Nevada, they're not in Las Vegas as such, but they're also going head to head with them, and they'll be also get, you know, and that you uh, as part of that they'll also go head to head with Silverman, which also have a race there as well, so that's going to be interesting um, don't well, know if that the was part is, of their the
0: Silverman.
1: No, Silverman's going to keep going. That's a unique race. It's a bit different, um, but I think aside from that, brilliant move. You know, everybody's been talking about it. The, the race in Florida is a joke, um, and I think it's it's a best move. So great that they're listening to the the you know the audience and and people wanted it to move and they've done it. And um, the timing's a little bit better. So I think. Thumbs up to... Well, thumbs up. Well,
0: it's fascinating, isn't it? That, that, you know, they've obviously got the big money now, and they're doing big things. You know, like, the change of 7.3. It's cool. It, it needed to be done, and good on them for doing it finally. If anything, I'd argue they should have done a lot earlier. Yeah. Uh, you know, because the, it, it's, that race was just bad for the sport. It didn't give them a good yeah. name at all, and they should have identified that a lot earlier. They probably shouldn't have ever... They, they knew that from the start, so it was a bad decision. Mm. But anyway, good decision, made a change. The real big news is that WTC have launched a new global series of... Olympic distance triathlon, but it's non-drafting. Yeah, this is going to be a really
1: interesting one. And and, and whilst, yeah, we'd get all hyped up, it's a new series, the, the reality is they're basically um, rebranding uh, races that, that already exist. Um, and most of those are non-drafting as well. So it's just more a bit like what they've done with the 70.3 series. They've gone out there and put the 70.3 banner on, on a lot of races that already exist. So it's not like new races are coming up. What's going to be interesting for me is whether Bruce. they whether they pump up the money. You know, those a lot of those races have got pretty reasonable prize purses. It's not enough to get all the ITU stars doing it, with the exception of the, um, the high V race, which is was the always a big race payday, wasn't it? Big race. And what's going to be interesting about this whole series is if they do pump up the money, they're kidding themselves if they think they can have a non drafting race. If they think they can have the high V triathlon as a non drafting race on a flat course, they are just on some stupid, dumbass planet that does not exist, Tell us what because me, John. <laughs> it is just not <laughs> going to happen. You watch. Uh, you, if you get the top fifty guys in the world together, forty of them are going to come out of the swim within. You might have a guy off the front, but you know. So forty of them will come up, come out within thirty seconds, yeah. and you cannot have a non-drafting race. It just is not possible. So
0: what they do so, in the past?
1: Well, it's drafting. I mean, all these races are drafting. No, but um, before drafting. Well, that's because the fields weren't as competitive um, and so things spread out a lot more. Um, They put more challenging courses on, but the main thing was um, it just wasn't as competitive and and these days it is. So, a lot of these races that they they take, you know, say the Boulder Peak Triathlons, St Anthony's, Miami, they get relatively small pro fields and they they, they get a few quality guys and then they get sort of second tier guys and third tier guys, so it spreads out um, a little bit on the bike, but if, if they do put up big money for these races, they just won't be able to have them as non-drafting. They have a, um, some races in Europe which are incredibly hilly. Um, they can get away with it there um, to some degree, but it's just not going to happen and it's just going to be a joke if they even try it. So what do you think? Do you
0: think <laughs> they're trying to compete with the ITU? Oh,
1: of course they are. Um, and, and, and they're trying to just earn more money, which I don't. I don't have a problem with that at all, I don't have a problem with a series. The main problem I've got is if they think they're going to put drafting races on, and if they think they're going to get the best athletes in the world. Um, but for sure, they're obviously trying to compete with ITU. It's, it's largely an American-based um, series, but I'm sure they've got ambitions to make it bigger. But at the moment, you know, um, the only race there that's going to pull a big field will be the high V race, and that's just a dollar's decision. You're also going to have the big issue over the next 12 months that most of the guys will be qualifying for the Olympics, and they just have to do the ITU circuit, and the prize money on the ITU circuit is such now that, you know, these guys are going to have to stump up some good money to to lure the others away.
0: It will be interesting to see, you know, these races will fill up just because they'll know how to brand them well. You know, the Mm. the one thing WTC do very well is marketing, it's it's their expertise, really, and so, you know, the 13 races that are in the domestic U.S., and and the ones, obviously, in Europe, there's three in Europe, in Frankfurt, and Austria, and Switzerland, you know, these races will fill up. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see if they what kind of pro they can get to it. You know, mm-hmm. maybe they will get the aging pro, the guys uh, who are like um... well, even Doherty and stuff. I mean, he does a number of these races anyway. You know, he
1: raced Miami earlier this year. Um, he did a, 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 I think he might have done the New York race. Um, so yeah, definitely a, a few of them are going to be going to be coming along. What's interesting was on this on Slow Twitch they had a good little article on it. And is is it the five one five zero series or is it the five I five zero series? You know, they've sort of got the I like the I. Iron Man, yeah. um, and it's just going to be a bit of a branding challenge for them. A lot of the races don't e- aren't even called five one five O's; they're just called the same race that they used to be called. So, um, yeah, it's just going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, the ones that are called five one five O are the races that i love to know the
0: business. WTC side. own. I'd love to know the business side of. it. I'd love to know, you know, because like, obviously, as you're saying, these races have been around, and some of them are probably like High V. That's a successful race, mm-hmm. you know. I wonder how much they paid those race organisers, you know, because normally, like you know, normally like someone who's doing a seventy point three will go to WTC, pay a franchise fee, pay, you know, yeah. whatever it is to get their brand on on their race. But in this instance, I wonder if WTC have gone to, or they've obviously gone to these race directors and said, "Look, we want to be a part of your race," yeah. and have they had to pay for that, or? I'm just curious the business behind it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting times ahead. Um, I, think, I, think, I think it's a good thing for our sport. I think overall, like, if it's bringing more money into the sport and if the yeah. pros can make a little bit more money from it. And you know what? Even if it's just the second tier pros can do these races to help them build up their, you know, their base, well, that's mm. a bad thing. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I'm
1: just intrigued on the drafting issue, that's all. Um, a couple of other items of news is I've got a Facebook page, as I said earlier, for my House of Travel Triathlon Festival. Please do me a favor and just go on there and give me an I like. So then I get lots of people on there and start spreading the word. It's all going very well. What? I've done it. You've done it? Good. Yeah, I, made, like, made I like me. your page. Good, good. Okay. You just keep commenting on there as well because you've got lots of people on the periphery that might be interested in doing it. Okay. The triathlon market I've got sewn up. Um, you
0: own the triathlon market. <laughs> <You own laughs> there's all, I think it's i,
1: John, because on the website it's a 5i50. Yeah, but then there's some debate um, – the, like the website address is 5150. So, um, what, we'll what, just wait and see. Like, I don't want to ask a really stupid question here, but what's 5150? It's uh, the distance of Olympic distance in kilometres. So, that's another different thing they're doing. Like 70.3 miles for half Ironman man is 515 k's for a triathlon. you got 1.5k swim, 40k bike, and 10k run. Okay. So, and um, one other item of news I've got the Epic Camp DVD we talked right, about you last week. Up John. Yes, it is, now out and ready for sale. Um, it's been sold in Kona a week. I'm not sure how apparently, well it's, it's done. Out. Apparently, apparently, apparently it's sellout. It was
0: out. right down the street? Some people didn't even race to race because they were yeah. so excited about getting that DVD. So it's it's now out as well, and.
1: Uh, if you go to stormyshop.com, um, they're selling it there. Now, they did they just do be careful. They do have a PAL version and what is it, NTSC version or something like that. So obviously, make sure you get the right version for your country. Um, and also, make sure if you do get it, there's a little note in there. You can put a note to seller, which obviously the guys that are
0: selling it. Just put in there that you got referred by IM Talk and that will do us a favor. Hey, I think the thing to remember is, guys, it's bloody cheap. Like, it's only thirty bucks. So for us, yeah. you know, for a Kiwis, it's thirty bucks. But if, if you're in like Europe or in Australia or anywhere around the world, well, that's nothing. So exactly, check, check, check it out. Get. I'll put a link on there on www.iamtalkthisweek.me, and you can just go on there, check it out. And it's I, I can't comment on it yet, John, because no one's given it to me yet. <laughs> I'll give it to you when you get back. Honestly, because I want to take Joe out on a romantic night and then watch the yeah her. Perfect. Right? Because now I can tell her about how great I was on Epic Camp. <laughs> it is funny because I've ridden the whole South Island You know, because through Epic Camp I've pretty much ridden just about all the main roads In the South Island And so, when, when, did you find when you're driving around the South Island Now you have memories on all the roads? Oh yeah, definitely You know. And, and so yeah. The first time Joe and I rode around I drove around the South Island I was like, oh babe, well, when I rode up this hill I took out Gordo <laughs> <laughs> And so on And then the second time I did it again And nowadays I have to stop myself <laughs> because I think she's probably heard these stories all before. Heard so. it all before. All before. When I was young, I was, the older I get, the better I was. Back in. Um, Back in. Um, okay, let's see the last sponsor.
1: So, athlinks.com. Um had an email through from there. Oh, I'm just getting all these things popping up on Skype. Greg Frane's having a birthday today. Happy well, birthday, it, Greg Frane! Yeah. He's uh, he's the, the head coach of the New Zealand uh, triathlon team. Anyway, uh, athletics.com. We had an email through from Troy this morning. Um, we're ramping back up the production of the site and adding new features. This week we have a couple of small ones, um, but they're going a long way to making the site more enjoyable. Um, so what they're doing, firstly, is you obviously can go through results and search by name and stuff, um, yep. but sometimes you've got to scroll through you know a lot of content. Now you can basically search by my bib number um cool. so- so they haven't got this on all the races, but basically races where the bib number was um, listed on the results, which is not always the case, um, you can basically go in there and just um, plug in your bib number and it'll come up, or probably more importantly, um, if you if you meet somebody out on the course, and as you do often when you're racing Ironman, you might forget their name, but if you just remember their bib number or somebody might see you um, running with number 156 or something, then you can um, just plug in their bib number of that race and it'll pull up their name and um, and away you go. So just another nice little feature they're adding in there.
0: That's pretty great.
1: And one other thing they're doing, they're in the process of linking all races to previous and upcoming years' events. So right now, to find all the different Ironman Arizona races, for example, um, you have to search over and over um, for each year. Now, you simply use a drop-down menu on the right-hand side of the um, results page to select other years. So that's going to be really useful just to, you know, if you want to go back and look at all your Ironman Arizona results for the past five years, if you've done it five years in a row, um, it's just going to make it a lot easier easier um, to find all that information so good on athletes
0: for those results it's just a really wicked thing hey eh? oh yeah i, I think i think the best thing you can do is when you do a race just always get into the habit of just that week once the website's up just adding it to your athletes profile because it's mm-hmm. one of those things that you you know oh, i should do this and at the time, you don't really necessarily appreciate it so much, but then it's that whole five years later when you can look at all your results and you go, "Wow, I forgot I did that!" You know, hundred k bike race, and well, look at my time then, and you can use yeah. it to compare, you know, how you've gone as an athlete over the years. And you know just chuck up your little mini race reports and as we've always talked about, it's just
1: a great way, as we have said, to, to go back and it may be to go back and reminisce, it may be to go back and actually find out some good information for the following year, you know, what you ate, um, you know, what your, your pacing was, whether it be heart rate or power or times or whatever. So um, great resource and good to see they're adding these things in there being searched by bib number and also just plugging all those um, you know, the same race together each year. So nice and useful. Check it all out on athlinks.com.
0: Athlinks.com. Okay, sponsors, John. Athlinks.com. Check it out. Get your bid number and make it happen. Coffeesofhawaii.com. The fastest Ironman
1: and marathoner in the world. That's right. And Extreme Endurance.
0: Get on it because Sandy said so. That's right. Okay, so uh, John, what's the rest of you guys? What's been happening in your life? I've been away. I know it's been hard for you. Oh, it's it's, it's
1: it's I'm I'm coping. Just I'm I'm happy that my Felicity is downstairs sleeping. I was a bit worried she was going to wake up in the middle of the podcast. Um, but other than that, I had a we went out and had a great run last week. Three hours in the yeah, hills. You're saying, and you feeling like it's one. all like Donkey Kong. Went out this morning. Pulled the old race flats out for a bit of a session all this morning. Right, had serious. to had to pull on the brakes of it. I was just running too fast. Really I couldn't. It was ridiculous. I was doing a couple of 5k efforts at marathon pace and uh, opening up just a little bit too quick and just having to put the brake on, just slowing, slowing, slowing. So it uh, feels like it's starting to come together a little bit, which is, which is all good. And I've got a 5k race to go and do tomorrow night, so that's all good.
0: What's well, time.
1: time? Uh, hopefully about 16, 15, a little bit under 16, 15. It'd be nice. Somewhere between 16 minutes, 16, 15, I'll be, I'll be satisfied with.
0: What, um, what am I trying to say? When, uh, when is the race? 31st of October. Tell you Turn what, out. if you want to do a fast just race, go along and do Melbourne, man. Because really, yeah, because well, it's a pretty flat course, and Melbourne like so. Porno did the half; he kind of he's been a little bit injured. I was going to do the half, but my calf's just not getting any better, so I couldn't. But um, it's a pretty flat course. But what's really cool about it is that you basically you go out and it's a pretty flat course. But then when you're coming back in, you meet up with the half marathoners with about seven k to go. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there's there's probably
1: a, oh, good and bad. <laughs>
0: Well, you're good and bad, but you know, you can pull you through. Yeah. You know, if you can find someone, and, and it seems to be that if you time, it seems to be that you'd be coming in around the same time as the people who are a similar pace to you.
1: Right, that's so, good then, yep.
0: yeah. Yeah, because was, I was looking at because there's guys coming in around where I was figuring out around about the 240 mark. I was thinking, mm. well, I'd be coming in around now. And then I was looking at the pace of the half marathoners at that time and I was like, oh, I was, I was basically once they, they all merged and they kind of set at the same pace. Right. So like, yeah, it was kind of like perfect really for those guys coming in around that time. It would help so pull you through to the end. You don't have to run past thousands of people. That no, would be frustrating. Because no, what happens is the marathon starts and then the half marathon starts an hour later. Right. And yep. so the merging, you know, and you know, obviously 7K, it, it just seemed to be a perfect timing to help with the motivation. So it's nice. What just meant 27,000 people running it? Wow. Yeah. It's big. That's and what else has been happening, Bevan? Well, it'd be good to be Australian right now, wouldn't it, John? <sighs> Jeez. Jeez, yeah, they won the Ironman, both bloody yep. male and female. Played but we won three. the first
1: age group. We got the first age group. Hey, and
0: apparently, someone did send an email through saying they got the first, uh, fastest transition. Really? And they were Kiwi. So, nice. So, obviously, Kiwi's a pretty dominant day in Kona. Yeah. Like games. They're just ripping everyone to shreds. Uh, yeah,
1: every every silver medal that we've got, I bet you there's been an Aussie in front of us. No, so they've,
0: they've got like 60 or 70 gold medals, and mm. then the next country, and there's half the amounts they have. Yeah. And so we've only got it's two. <laughs> and we ain't getting any more, I don't think. Oh, no touch. We might do all right a netball. Oh, yeah. We're in the women's hockey final.
1: Yeah. Nick Again, who, who are we up against? We're up against Australia in the hockey, up against Australia in the netball, we're up against Australia in the men's hockey, and then the fifth, mile, the fifteen hundred—maybe a chance there. But that's oh, the rugby, and the sevens. Oh, who knows?
0: Honestly, we get more—we get more golds at the Olympics. Yeah, that's true. What? <laughs> what happened? Uh, but to be fair, we probably didn't
1: expect it. If I looked through all the athletes, no, we, expect, have, you know, we, we didn't have miss mad. out on many. You know, there wasn't many people that would have said, oh, they should have got gold. Was, we we, we should cut.
0: have not on the cycle track.
1: Yeah, they'd they got a lot of medals didn't get me gold. So the only one was be the 4,000 pursuit. You know, thought Jesse Sargent probably thought he maybe would have got gold. He got second in the world or third in the world. So, mm. But no, it's, uh, it's an interesting old thing, the Commonwealth Games. Tell me one thing you to do, John. Get yeah. rid of the
0: team sports. Oh, no, gone. I've moved on from Commonwealth Games. Okay, I, sorry. They're boring. They're a waste of time. No crowd. Who'd want to watch? Yeah. Yeah. It's a waste of time. <laughs> no, when your daughter's 13, take her away on a trip, mate. Todd and I have had a beautiful, wonderful time together. So uh, quite nice to get away from home and just – we've had a really cool time in Australia. She'd been it. a good kid. Had lots yeah. of culture. Nice. Don't go up in the tallest building. It's a waste of money. Right. Nice. Uh, five minutes ago, that was, that was interesting. That was wasting yeah. two bucks. But yeah. one thing that was, two, we've done three things that probably stand out. The Titanic, if the Titanic um, exhibit ever comes to wherever you are, it's highly worth seeing. It just fascinating, and it's done really well. So you've got all the old um, artifact all the bits from the ship. Um, which are really cool but then you can like Tyler and I bought the earpieces that go and they tell you stories and people speaking of what happened and and then you walk into rooms that look like um, the rooms that the the first class and the third class were in and and all that kind of stuff fascinating it was really interesting to see how interested Tyler was in it like Mm -hmm. some of these things are a bit hit and miss with you know teenage kids but she was Mm -hmm. fascinated by it which is really cool and then uh, Tim Burton, the guy who does like um, Alice in Wonderland, famous director. You probably wouldn't know who he was. But I he don't had, know Tim Burton! He did Batman as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, he did. A, he had an exhibit here, which was pretty amazing as well. And then the last thing, hairspray was actually phenomenal. So the live show was really great. Cool. So it's been a good week, John. I'm feeling very connected with my daughter right now.
1: That's great. I'm, so. just, I'm just I'm just skyping while you're talking. Okay. Oh, <laughs> 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 Uh oh, how how is Melbourne? <laughs> <laughs> uh so you're back next you're back to you're back tonight. You got you're on the midnight express, are you?
0: Shopping today, I'm gonna get myself some fashion, so next we've got a look fashionable John and then nice. get back home. So anyway, um well done, It's Ebra, gonna be- Kona for everyone who actually raced, Kona, obviously uh, we didn't talk about many of the, the uh, listeners' performances but um just the guy um, Buckingham
1: Yep, he did uh 0 10-0 about just just over ten or something. Yep, yep, it's 10-09. pretty solid. It's a
0: pretty good day out there. Um and uh, but just everyone who raced, Ellie Hollington had a great race, she got fifth in her age group. Uh just Mark Pietrofessa went sub sub ten. Oh did he? Mm-hmm. The Curly Freight train's lost pretty, his here.
1: I'm pretty sure he did anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah.
0: he's gone he's gone no Curly. He's yeah. not just the freight train.
1: It's the freight train. Well he freight trained it and I'm pretty sure he freight trained it to a sub sub I'm sure I read that somewhere.
0: Oh good stuff. So well done to everyone who did Kona and uh obviously I suppose if we're gonna plug anything right now next year, John and I are going back. I'm thinking Lance won't be there, John.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Blinda was asking me this morning whether he's gotta qualify and I said, Well, no, I'm I don't just think
0: it's a qualification see. thing. He's got this court case coming up. Oh yeah. I'm thinking That could throw a spanner in the works. That <laughs> will throw a big spanner in the works. Because the court case is gonna take months. Yeah. And who knows what's going to happen in that court case? And let's say it's a little bit negative. I don't think we will be turning up to Kona. Yeah, that's that's true. But we'll be there. We'll make the party. And, uh, and honestly like you heard our coverage last year and this year's coverage John's actually done a pretty good job because I've he's really done all the work so well done on all that mate but uh, next year we want to take it to the next level we want to do great coverage and, and do similar work to we did last year and take that to the next level if you want to help us out donate to the show you go to our website www.iamtalk.me uh, give us a donation and all that money is just going towards us getting to Kona so we can deliver an amazing show or series of shows for next year's Kona so bring it on all good right up. Iron Rust Iron Mendo Train hard Train smart Oh, well, we did pretty well with you, mate. <laughs>